powered by Riverside FM. The Future Perfect is a construction used to describe an event that is expected or planned to happen before a time of reference in the future. It is a grammatical combination of the future tense, or other marking of future time, and the perfect, a grammatical aspect that views an event as prior and completed. For example, a sentence such as, I'll have made dinner by 6pm. What a name to choose then for the third and so far final game in the Time Splitters series. Having won over games writers and players with their earliest efforts, but never quite materialising the sales the developers believed they deserved, perhaps the stars would finally align for Free Radical Design Limited and what would be their biggest outing. What was now rock solid in Time Splitters 2 gave them the opportunity to add more polish elsewhere as well as include online multiplayer which was now becoming the standard. As other developers sought to experiment with what the FPS genre could do, Free Radical could also show just how well they could ape their competitors, adding elements like vehicles, NPC companions and even an ability that caused to mind the gravity gun of Half-Life 2. The bet was a game that could do something for everyone, all pressed to a single DVD. But what Free Radical needed most was a publisher that could champion their titles without getting directly involved. They settled on American super publisher Electronic Arts. What Free Radical weren't to know is that their last attempt at getting the Time Splitters brand to hit the mainstream would be undone by a ghost of their past. Perhaps then the future wouldn't be as certain as their subtitle alluded to. But now that the future is the past, how does their now fourth outing as a studio fare in the present? On this episode of Bullet Time, we continue our mini-series on the games of Free Radical Design Limited with 2005's Time Splitters Future Perfect. Now, you pointed out your audio pads earlier and you have them all over the place. Is that a poster of Kiryu from the Yakuza series <laughs> Smooching Majime? Yes, it is. Oh, nice. <laughs> that is my Kazumaji poster. I was watching your Sagawa video earlier on. I, was, I didn't even piece together what that poster was. Yep, yep, yeah, yeah. I'll, at some point, I'll give you guys a close-up. <laughs> my, girlfriend, my girlfriend bought it for me for, for a birthday present. It was a gag gift, but it was also like, it's a gift. It's oh, like... Yeah, no. <laughs> it's riding the line between... <laughs> I Snake, I, I've, I've, I know you. Aren't you covering the Yakuza series like extensively at this point? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm, I've, I'm up to zero, uh, doing it in release order. And release order, next year yeah. is six and Kiwami two. Um, so I've got my work cut out for me, and I might do the judgments at some point. I've been asked yeah. that for the last several years. <laughs> I don't even know. Yeah, that's the yeah, that's content for the next five years. Oh, God, oh, I, yeah. think, I, think, I think I'm done at like a dragon just so I don't run out of stuff to say. Yeah, yeah, but makes sense. It's yeah, I'm I'm deep in there. Uh, 
I feel you. Yeah. I I only discovered it last year, and so yeah. But 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 I barreled through five of them last year. So oh, oh wow. Christ. What what order did you like hit them in? I started with Like a Dragon. Okay. Because that was the one, like, it's the new one. I, I just saw a trailer at one point, and it was a lobster was flying towards a man and attacking his nose. <laughs> oh, did you see the, like, like, American Thingy trailer where it's cut like an early 2000s comedy with, like, the upstepper? <laughs> just, yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and so I saw that, and I, I, just, I picked it up for, like, 40 bucks, like, early 2021, and I just, no expectations. And by the end, I was fucking sobbing. Like, yeah, by, by uh... the... The fucking coin, I, uh, James. Have you have you played Like a Dragon? No. Um. So Snake has been saying for years. You I have. Played I've these failed games. to sell him on it for three years. I think it's. I think it's a uh, lost f- cause. Five. Uh, I think probably five at this point. I would have. Maybe it's been yeah. a, it's been a long failure. No. So I was <laughs> like, oh, I'll start with Yakuza Zero because like that's the. Even though it's a prequel that does tie into stuff with one, it is somewhere. It is a hopping on point. It's a, but it's just, it was made. It's a safe hopping in point. I'm not. Yeah. I, I don't. I started the series at three, so I never judge anyone's fucking starting point. Oh wow! Yeah, I picked <laughs> interesting on, point. I, I was on like I was on a shitty like countryside holiday with my parents, and I had a PS3, and I saw it like secondhand. I was like, oh, I've heard good things about Yakuza, and I blew through it. Didn't really appreciate it too much. Played four, and I was like, then I was in. That's interesting. Uh, yeah, yeah, and that that then I I played one and two afterwards and five and basically it's a mess and I think it's proof that you can kind of get into a series any fucking direction if you oh, yeah. if you want to yeah. if it's like yeah. doing a good enough job. So I do need to get around to them at some point, but I just play I played like a couple of hours of zero, but most of that was oh they have an arcade oh it's full of emulated uh, arcade games <laughs> yeah. oh, I guess I'm just doing that now. Yeah, I'm just playing 1990s arcade games now. What, what, what is this? Yeah. I'll just I'll just play Outrun, even though I could download a ROM of Outrun and play yeah. that on my own PC, but, but I like yeah, the idea could that you, I'm pl- Could you play it to take part in a business war? <laughs> mm, and, yeah, good or, point. And, and when you boot up normal Outrun, you don't get a cutscene of Kiryu sitting in an arcade machine oh, and, and God, yeah. jerking forward yeah. the machine going, huh, and you get a pan in. Like, <laughs> yeah. it, did, it did get me into Space Harrier and like... Interesting. That, and uh, Fantasy Zone. I liked, I liked both of those at the end of it. Second question then. Um, how do you feel the Yakuza games uh, compared to the game that we're talking about today, which is... Oh, by the way, <laughs> hi folks. Uh, welcome to Bullet Time, the video game podcast where we covered the shooters that missed their mark. Then we're continuing on on our mini-series of the games of Free Radical Design Limited. And we've actually got to the game that this mini-series is named after, which... We've done like what three episodes of this snake, and I don't think I've actually mentioned what the mini series' name is at any point. I think point. I, I can't even remember. I, uh, I genuinely can't. But you know what? It's fine because I've I've uh, I kind of disagree with the title of this mini series, Future Perfect, because the future we're heading towards is anything but. We're still in the safe zone yeah. right now, but. So it turns out that a future perfect. I had to look this up. It's like a um, it's a grammatical thing. It's to do right. with like when you write a sentence, it's like it's not it's something to do with future tense or whatever, but um it has nothing it's nothing to do with like it's, Yeah, this, it's got, this is not a game full of grammatical wordplay. <laughs> it has got wordplay oh, it has got oh, some it's wordplay. Bits and pieces. It's a very it's some, we'll get into the comedy play. of this. It has, but first things first, so uh 
Welcome into the podcast as usual. It is um, co-host for this series, the Jacob Crow of YouTube video. Oh, I fucked that up. YouTube's very own Jacob Crow to Snaker. I do intend to live forever and I am willing to fuck up the timeline to do it. And work with a younger or older version of yourself to do so. Oh yeah. Easy. <laughs> uh, but also joining us on this podcast is uh, video maker uh, for the YouTube channel, Purpleless Rabbit Holes. How do you want to, should we refer to you by Charlie, the name that yeah, you've yeah. used on the, yeah? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I've opened up a couple of videos with, hey, this is Charlie from Purposeless Rabbit Holes. Yeah. Well, there yeah. we go. <laughs> awesome, yeah, yeah. awesome stuff. So Charlie, quick question. Mm-hmm. The Yakuza series, Time Splitters, <laughs> Future Perfect. <laughs> Which is better? Well, uh, that is about the most insane question I've ever heard. Yeah, that's a very um, that's, that's <laughs> apples and oranges. But, but which is better, apples or oranges? Which would you rather? <laughs> it's 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 a time of day kind of thing. Okay. Because okay. but but I mean, look, if, if if I had to pick a game on a desert island that I'm only going to get to play for the rest of my life, it's this one game. And okay. if it's between Yakuza and if it's between Time Splitter Future Perfect. No choice. It's time split future perfect. Oh, Easy. wow, okay. Easy. I, do I don't know what I'm walking into here. I don't okay. know what the opinion of either of you is on time split future perfect, <laughs> but me personally, oh, this is, I think this is about to get interesting. It's going to be interesting. I, no, uh, here's my way of putting it, because you're a guest, you're coming in, and obviously the episodes haven't gone out yet. And I, um, I, played, all the, I played two and three as a kid. Same. And I really enjoyed them both. Really, really loved to. Like, so many hours lost to. Didn't play F- Future Perfect as much because um, basically by that point, it was 2005. I, uh, the friend that I was playing Time Splitters with, we moved on to Counter Strike Source. Uh, we were playing Half Life 2 Deathmatch. On other mates, we'd started playing like Halo 2 online. So, not as much time into Future Perfect. But I remember having fun with it. I beat the single player, I did all that coming into it and like James beat all the games way before I did because he's gone through months of just playing good and bad and mostly bad I just <laughs> I just, I just play yes. the games that I'm about to be on an episode on like I played Future Perfect a few weeks ago but leading up to it I just kept saying oh yeah I'm getting Future Perfect I'm get-. whenever I was talking about any of the other games James would be like oh yeah you're gonna have fun you're gonna have fun whenever I mentioned Future Perfect you got a bit colder and I was like why is he coming off a little cold here? Why is he coming off... What's the thing here? Ooh, so. It was very intriguing. And <laughs> going right from 2 to Future Perfect, it clicked. So, really? here, so, here's yeah. the, so here's the thing, Charlie. Before we started the episode, Snake and me kind of decided, let's tune the episode a little bit depending on what your opinion is on it. Because... <laughs> At the end of the day, you know, guests are guests. Like, guess they well, are the people who It's good to have jo- a different opinion. It would be exactly just, be and boring if it was the Circle Jerk Club. And you know what? I I hope this episode. I hope much like what happened with Legendary when I went in being like not a massive fan of this, but then Nevin, the guest that we had on, was like, "Oh no, I'm gonna like turn you around on Legendary," and they did. Like, so what's towards the end? I really did warm up to it. Here's okay. So here's the thing. And it's really funny because when we, when I asked Snake, well, do you want to do a free radical mini series? He was like, yeah, absolutely. I, I loved their games like back in the day and stuff like that. I had played none of their games when they were out, like when they were coming out. The only 
game that I had played when it was released was Future Perfects. Mm. That was, for the longest time, my first Tie Splitters game. So I was coming in right at the end of the franchise and, like, essentially getting what was, quote, the perfected version of, well, you had the first one and then two improved on that, and then theoretically three is the next step on from that. Mm-hmm. And I remember playing it and I really liked it because probably something that we'll dig into a little bit as well is that it was very similar to like other game, like other FPS games that I had played at the time. Mm-hmm. But I really liked all the kind of time splitteriness of it. Like I liked the writing of it. I liked the the look of it. And like even just the time travel element, like you could have all these different time periods and stuff. Like I had never played a game like that before. And I was like, oh, this is great. Like awesome. Really, really into this. And all the extra modes and stuff like that. And that was 2005, and then 17 years later, <laughs> where I decided, let's do this mini series. And like, I heard about all the other Time Splitters games, and so you have Time Splitters one, where it's like, this is okay, but it is very much a it's prototype. Yeah. It, it is a game that they made in eight, what eight, 16 months because they yeah. basically went to IDOS and said, we don't want to do the game that we originally promised, and they said well that's what we've agreed to so they went to sony and said we want to do this other game instead and they said you absolutely can but you have to do it for the ps2 launch and they were like okay fine absolutely and that's how you end up with time split as one and it's a really like i mean i think we were quite warm to it when we did the episode snake which was time split as one has a very unique pace and identity it's not a mm. candle to the other games but you play it and it's a really good action scene simulator mm. yeah exactly yeah, yeah. that's always that's the vibe i got I, I have i have actually future perfect full disclosure one of my favorite games ever and yes. and, and the first but i have not played the first time splitters never interesting never have you played time splitters 2 though oh yes that's the one i started with Okay. So you went from two to three, and you would, and you, do you like three to two? I do. Okay, I do. I think. I think three improves on two <laughs> in every single way, brothers. Oh <laughs> wow! Okay, because this is going to be a very, this is going to be a very interesting show, James. You oh, are the, pure, uh, the energy of this episode is great I'm already. Like... I'm into it because I had never played Time Splitters two, and like you haven't listened to the Time Splitters two episode that we cut that we did with. Nope. Um, it was basically Hammett. like endless praise, except for a couple of levels. What, what was the was on that one? Sweet, hell yeah! Yeah, I, what was the insane thing that I said on that episode, which was like, this this game should be like the FPS like equivalent of te- of Tetris, as in any time a new console comes out, there should be time splitters too. Yeah, and I and I thought you meant like there should be like it's a fucking Smash Brothers each generation of time splitters. You said no, no, no. I don't want anything else. Just put time splitters. Just 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 redo it. But here's here's the thing with two. It's like you only have to really like because of the way that the game is designed. You can staple stuff on quite easily. Like you don't have to go and like completely redo it. You know. So it. So I guess maybe the Smash Brothers thing kind of makes sense because, like, fundamentally doesn't change. It's just that they sort of tweak the variables with each one, but it's essentially just adding more onto it. But, mm-hmm. yeah, like, Time Split is 2... <laughs> yeah, Time Split is 2 was, like, the best game that I have discovered doing this podcast. And I was like, Fuck oh, this, yeah. this, this is astonishing. And then I played Future Perfect, and it was... It was really it was nice... Imperfect. <laughs> it's, a, uh, it's basically it, like the way you, the way James has put it to me off, off uh, mic 
We really, James, we're not allowed to talk anymore privately because it's all content now whenever- Oh, no, exactly. <laughs> it's just, yeah. it's yeah. all really but, good. Put it behind a paywall. Basically, Future Perfect would be the best game in any other series. <laughs> that's like, fair. That's, that's fair. Yeah, I get that. I get it's that. Like, it's rough competition. And mm -hmm. yeah, like, it, it, I, can, it, I can see like where people who prefer Future Perfect come from. Because it's it's tightened up. It's still yeah. everything that's good about it, but it just it plays smoother. You've got better map making tools. You've got more freedom in the arcades. Mm -hmm. There's just well, something about the character. This is the most hair splitting thing. There's something about the character of it. It's like I'm talking about a fine <laughs> line. <laughs> that's interesting. I mean, uh, I guess jumping right into the single player, Time Splitters Two is every level is a distinct entity and it kind of plays a little different and it's little and that's not always to its benefit because some levels are terrible some are really bad but it's bitter with the sweet and i'm very into bitter with the sweet and i like i even though i hated playing some of them like i love how varied this was and this instead is a and the story of it is just a framing device. It's like, hey, totally. we have this portal. We got to go through time, get the crystals, come back. So every stage is this weird, distinct thing. This is instead a... I'm not saying this is a diminutive. This is a screwball time travel comedy, and it's very yes. linear, and Cortez is very front and center. It's very character-focused. And Cortez is a sort of comedy protagonist, and I really love him. I really yeah. think he's really funny. I would love to talk about Cortez. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Cortez is just absolutely tons of fun. There's one joke I feel which is a bit weird, but we'll go into a bit later. It's and that, 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 that is a thing. This, this game is a very 2000 series. Oh, like, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's <laughs> a very 2005 game. Time, Time Splitters 2 is a very 2003 game. Like, there, there's some content in there that you look at, like, you, you pick any woman character and she starts twerking. Like, yeah. Like, uh, in this yeah. screen, oh. it's like, all right, okay. I, I, <laughs> I mean, you jump to one level and, like, this this t brought me back in time. There's a haunted mansion level with I believe her name is Joe Beth Casey because there's yes with, with, with slut slut <laughs> right across, right her across. Shirt. <laughs> and she's she was actually one of my favorite like companion characters. I love it was her. Genuinely it's, funny. It's really funny because like um because like you initially hear from it and you go oh this is like. And this has been a funny thing as well that like me and Snake have sort of like noticed going back and playing all them back to back, which is obviously free radical. They're all X rare devs, mm -hmm. and a lot of the humor, like kind of in the previous time splits, is very sort of um, like conquers bad fur day. Yes, Future Perfect is where like that is at its like most because fucking mm -hmm. Joe Beth Cassidy is like. Uh, Brandy from fucking Conquers Bad Foot. Like the way that she yeah. talks and it, it's very kind of, oh my God. Like it's like, She's you know, a valley, valley girl, girl. pastiche. Yeah. Yeah. But, you think about that? but it's sure. not overly annoying, which is like, that's, yeah. the, that's the really I'm, interesting. I'm, the character I was most annoyed by uh, was in level two, Scotland the Brave, 1924. <laughs> Captain uh, Captain Captain <laughs> Ash. And I, I, I mean, I got to say this to someone who is very annoyed by the English. I, I don't, I'm not a fan of like the posh, like, oh, they good shot, old bean. And it's like, oh, I, I want to smack you. <laughs> I, so, I just, I just love the way, I just love the way Cortez interacts with all these characters. Yeah. No, that's my favorite Cortez, thing as Cortez well. Cortez sells it. And I love how nonchalant most of them are about like the spaceman. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. The only thing that annoys them about Cortez is when he wants to do the catchphrase. 
Which is, yeah. is so, it's so strange, because, like, if that was established in 2, but it's so weird, it just says time to split, and everyone acts like, yeah, we're all tired of this time to split. <laughs> well, <laughs> it's like, this time, we've like, ever I, heard this. We've never heard it, we have no context, but I, I, I love how, I do love how Cortez in this game, like, you know, he's, he's a framing device character in the second game, he's just, you, you jump through portals and you become different characters in each level, he's just kind of the action protagonist for the framing device. But in yeah. this game, they, they... They do something with him, and yeah. they, they yeah. turn him into this like, I, I, I he's, he's he's a comedy protagonist, but he's not annoying. He's competent, no. but he is also incompetent. He's an idiot, but he's like he's very simple-minded, very straightforward. He's he's not equipped for an actual time travel plot, so he just blunders through it. Perfectly. He's basically he's basically Johnny Bravo with a gun. Like that's kind of like, <laughs> like, like especially in regards to, but it's not like in a way that like, because I was gonna say he's sort of Duke Nukemi, but he hasn't got like any of that like bravado to him at all. He is no. like, complete. He is for like all intents and purposes a normal guy, but he just <laughs> has like this slightly quirky streak to him, and like obviously like his design is Richard it's B. Riddick because of the goggles. Yeah, yeah, he is Vin Diesel. <laughs> And it is sort of like if they did a Vin Diesel film where they wrote some jokes in, but it's not like Vin Diesel would like butcher those jokes because he would try and say it seriously. Like everything, the tone of the game is all rock solid, but like, which is such like an interesting thing to like say about this because, and I and I really will like I I, I, I like Charlie. I want you to like say your piece on this like in a minute. But <laughs> I'm ready. It's been really difficult like trying to tie the line of exactly what Snake said, which is. This is not a bad game. This game it's is like excellent. It. It's but, so far from it. No, but the moment you start to like, especially when I start to compare it to like Time Splitters 2, it's like, but I like this better. And it, like, it's it's such an unfair thing because they're yes. both good in their own little way. But it's like, I mean, it's the difficulty that we played these like exactly back to back, and we're both yeah. very weird and particular people about. <laughs> character and framing device and like and like oh but there was it's basically also the levels in time splitters 2 are very much more like open sandboxy whereas this game is much more in the 2005 half-life 2 early i don't want to say call it but you know it's much sure. more linear let's just say that it's that, like that, that is interesting that's something because you guys have that context of going into future perfect with two and i haven't played two in probably 10 years yeah so. i think that's well, yeah. I don't think I'm not going to say. Oh, if you play two, you'll see the light because that would be really presumptuous. No, 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 not, not at all. Like, I, I, th th this is what I mean. I want to hear like, but, but it's funny that you mention that because I went back and I replayed like a bunch of the older games as well, like GoldenEye and Perfect Dark, and two already was like a a lot more forward, like push forward facing than those games, which were at more in the style of like Doom fumbling around like going to every single room and trying to figure out the way ahead which again works in that game because it's more about like inhabiting a space but once you get to time splits too and like the siberia level in particular is that is the nearest like analog to those but it is yeah. very a b c d e like mm -hmm. you very rarely have to go off the beaten path but then you get to time split is free and it is more again more like that but it is also a lot more like um it is a lot more like, say, Halo or something like that. I'm gonna, yeah. I'm gonna, si I want to sidebar that though, because that's like something else. <laughs> Charlie, hmm? simple question with a not very simple answer. 
what is it about Time Splitters Future Perfect that say, even though you haven't played it in about 10 years, that you would think, oh, actually, so just say that. What is it about Time Splitters Future Perfect that you really gel with? It, 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 it weirdly, I mean, well, I, I, I have like a big history with this game because this, I, yes. I, I feel like I wouldn't, I, I am, I am a game developer. I'm a professional game developer and oh, wow. I, and I work in AAA. I've been working in AAA for three years and, and <laughs> I don't think I would be here if it wasn't for Time Splitters Future Perfect. Okay, like, there is no, there is absolutely no severing that love, even if that. Was the <laughs> no, exactly. even if that. Okay, was the me, me and Snake are going to leave the call. We've lost. It is a, it is a bias that cannot be separated because. But, no, sure. But but outside of that bias, I genuinely do believe that like, if I hadn't played it in two thousand five, if I played it right now, and if this was the first time I was playing it, I still think I would gel with it like a hundred percent because it is so. Everything about it is so me. The humor oh, okay. is so yep. me. The, the irreverence, just the, the whole tone of the whole thing, but not just that, like, the gameplay, I think it's, it's, it's rock solid, the core gameplay is rock solid, just it's simple shooting stuff, but there is so much, can I curse on this podcast? Yeah, absolutely, <laughs> fucking go for it. There is so much fucking content, there is so much content in this uh-huh. game, I don't know if I have ever, and of course, not all the content is great. We know this. <laughs> Not all the content no, can be great you, in the game get, with this it's much rock stuff. Solid gameplay fundamentals and all this stuff. Yes, yeah. and like it's like it's 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 the weapons. It's the 150 characters. It's the arcade mode. It's the challenge uh, mode. The yeah. gutsy. The story. Bam, 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 bam. Map maker. Online play. Offline oh, yeah. play. Split screen. I, fucking, I, I said this last episode, <laughs> and I'll say it again. Uh, just for your sake. Playing Time Splitters too, and this did it to a not as much an extent just coming off of it, but I was feeling it is like. I was playing as like I'm turning into a boomer. This was better. It was. It's like <laughs> I, I, I need to go back in time because this yeah. is when games they came out and they were finished. And no, <laughs> just exactly. finished like, it's like oh wait, huh? You're, you're beating arcade stages. You're getting goals. You're racking them up. And it's like hey, here's a new mode. Here's a new map. Here's, fr- here's free characters. Bang. It just pulled it like I was doing it just last night. I finished the campaign last night and then I played like maybe four or five hours of just like you know arcade challenge stuff. And it was just it was constantly just pulling me through. You, okay, you unlocked a new mode, you unlocked the next step in this challenge, you unlocked a new character, you unlocked a... Like, oh my god, it's constantly feeding you new things to keep you going. It's and it's very compulsive, like, the lo- like loading screen tips, they're not boring things like press B to crouch. It's like, have you played such and such yet? Have you tried out this mode? Have you, you don't have any mates? Play with bots! I, was, I wrote that one down. Have no mates. Like, such a mean one, but yeah, it's like, hey, this, this give you this game, we've given you unlimited things to do if you gel with the core of it. It is a, it is a deluge of content. And you know what? I will give Time Split is Future Perfect this, which was mostly, this was something that I picked up from reading reviews at the time, which, um, by the way, for people who listen to Bullet Time and go, oh, I thought they only covered bad shooters. Like, this <laughs> game got 9 out of 10s, like, across the board. Like, everyone, <laughs> 9 and 8 out of 10s across the board. Everyone agrees that, no, Time Split is Future Perfect is a really good game. And most of the reviews also said, is better than Time Splitters 2. Which, okay. I, I, I do sure. think over time, the consensus has flipped back. Changed back. No, I there absolutely is a, agree with There you is that. a newness bias, and it's it's with anything. Like, I genuinely wonder if Time Splitters kept going and kept going to this day, where would we be on, like, would we be in a fucking melee situation? Yeah, right? With, like, yeah. With raw purists, or, like, this, is, would this we... was the one. Or would it be more of a situation where, like, it's like Halo, where you get, like, Time Splitters 5 and Time Splitters Infinite, where people go, 
Actually, <laughs> why did people even like Time Splitters in the first? I just oh, like yeah. you're an idiot. Maybe no, all, all of them are good. Yeah. <laughs> it's just on that note, to just kind of put into perspective how old all this is, the last trailer, I, I believe the last trailer came out for the unreleased, unmade Time Splitters 4 was a monkey master chief on Zanzibar. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, that Halo was the parody. <laughs> Like I remember seeing that trailer and being like, "Yes, give and me." Wasn't give wasn't me the game? Wasn't give the me. logo the monkey's head in a bloody cog, as in the first Gears of War <laughs> graphic? Like that's even no, now. You know, it's funny to think because it wasn't really parodying video games. I wonder yeah, if that's where we yeah. would have been. Because that's so that, that, that is really interesting to see. If like, what if they did go that way? Because these games are not parodies of video games. Like, no, they're, they're film pastiches mostly. And yeah, like, like the genre, like Time Splitters One is yeah, just action scenes. Time Splitters Two is like full genre pastiches, and to kind of bring it back to the story for a moment, that's kind yeah. of what I feel is a bit lost in Future Perfect. Is there's only five time zones in the story, and they're all just kind of filtered by whatever Cortez is doing. It's like there is spy fiction in the background of Cortez's time travel plot, and it's yeah. like it's not worse. It's like well, we've already done all these time periods, so sure. Um, <laughs> I. The 50s B-movie stuff is kind of gone, but which, that's, that's yeah. fine. It just wouldn't fit in the tone whatsoever. And the thing which is a bit of a shame as well is that, like, with the time periods, it's only ever go in the story, it only ever goes forward. Like, he doesn't go to, apart from right at the end, he only, like, he starts I actually, in... I never actually noticed it only moves forward. He starts in 1920s, then 1960s, then 2040, then 2400. Yeah, no... Up until right at the end, it only moves forward, which again kind of feels like a bit of a shame in regards to, oh, like, it's especially if you're doing that. that. Like, did what? that make you, James? Did that make you feel it was more linear? Because I yes. didn't even. Oh, absolutely. That. Yeah, I think that also like helps across the thing of because if you're doing a, a structure like that as well, why not also have it that like the weapons get better as you like you know you unlock like. You know, the first level, you only have, like, bolt actions and, like, single shots. But then when you get to the future, you have, like, assault rifles and then you get, like, laser weapons and stuff like that. But because it's still built on time splitters, essentially all the weapons are kind of the same, except with, like, sort of different looks. That's interesting. Because you do, you do go from level to level and you kind of have the machine gun, you have the pistol, you have the shotgun. Yeah. That's, that's, I mean, and, and when you go to the map maker, kind of a, they're all I cut into those also clean a categories. Of, kind of thing, unless yeah. they were rejiggered for multiplayer thereafter. No. Um, so only just to just to quickly wrap up the point that I was going to say about the reviews, which is that the one thing that they were all celebrating was the fact that it was now online, because mm. they thought that the thing that aged Time Splitters to beyond relief was that it was split screen multiplayer, which seems like such a thing now, where it's like people write like entire video essays about oh how how good was it when everybody sat in a room and like played games <laughs> together and you have stuff like overcooked which like taps into that as well but like yeah. technology is caught up in such a way that you could play time splitters 2 now over like parsec you know mm -hmm. so, yeah <laughs> i didn't even think about that that's super cool yeah you could totally play yeah. like that but but it's also funny as well is that the thing that we tapped on which one of the developers said in like one and two which to your point where you said there's like so much content in Time Split is Future Perfect and not everything's going to land. But the cool thing is, is that like there's so much content is that some that might not land for you might really appeal to somebody else. And it's such the Fortnite thing of yes. well, Fortnite has driving, it had web swinging for a while, it had this, it had that. And there's just so much in that game that it's like you never have to be bored and there's going to be something that you'll gel with which will keep you in. And Time Split has had that like 
17 years ago. It's yes. mental. I, I, there, there, there's something about just like the, the complete like just kitchen sink about the design of the series that I just love and and I, I I've heard a story and I I don't remember where I heard this please don't take me at my word on this 100 sure. but but I heard that you know during development of these games this is early 2000s game dev is still very kind of kind of early it's still like a little loose very loose um, and like I heard that the reason monkeys are in time splitters the whole, the whole story behind the monkey is somebody made a monkey. <laughs> somebody made a monkey uh, like on their spare time on their computer and they put it in the game and suddenly monkeys are a fucking fixture of all of these games yep. <laughs> like like that is the design we, philosophy it seems like we had a quick chat about this before we start the episode because I think the most interesting thing well I say the most interesting thing like Time Split is Future Perfect is really neat but one thing that me and Snake were kind of talking about and trying to reckon with before this episode was like right this is the one that EA publishes. And I, and I didn't even realize that until I saw the credits rolling at the end. And it, it's because it doesn't feel like an EA game, does it? It, nope. feels, like a, it feels like a Time Splitters game. In <laughs> yes. such... I, like, when the EA credits hit, I was like, oh my god, I hate these motherfuckers. You're about to keep hating them. Don't worry, this? this is going to remain that way. It might no, and he, the funny thing is, is that we, the, like, the first episode that me and Snake did of the podcast was Black. And that was an example as well of EA being like, we are hands off on this project. You guys, you know what you're doing. You make whatever you want and we'll give you the money, the QA and whatever you need to like polish it up. Yeah. And that is like the only, uh, uh, the only time that EA isn't really a villain of the story. Cause like all the other, cause we haven't got to these FES games yet, but we will eventually. But oh EA is such like the, it is the you know it's the it's eye the of Mordor. shadow villain. It's just, <laughs> yes. they're just hiding in the background, waiting to strike. Which they kind <laughs> of are. <laughs> so they sort of are on this, but in a really interesting way. So like, just to kind of set the scene a little bit. So the first two games are published by Idos, and the one thing all the way along is that like, Free Radical hate working for Idos because Idos didn't push Time Splitters enough. Like Time Splitters Two came out. It went to number one in the charts the week it released. It stayed there for a while, and it sold, like, gangbusters. But they didn't print enough copies of it. And so they're like, why aren't you pushing this hard enough? And it's like, well, you know, it's not Lara Croft. And the fun and here's the really funny thing. So we were saying that this ga these games have all this content in it. None of these publishers ever worked out what to do with Time Splitters because they're like, well, it's not military. It's not sci-fi. Like... Halo, you can you hand Halo to somebody and they go, this is a cohesive identity, I know what this is. You can put it in a box. You can put it in a box versus... Time no Splitters is to so, sum up Time Splitters in a sentence. Time, time Splitters is so out of the box, which is what's so fantastic about it, but you go, how the hell do you sell that? Yeah. Meanwhile, what Fortnite figured out was you sell it by making it free and by being epic <laughs> and, and having all the money in the world and people just you keep adding stuff to it and people go, oh... That's the new model, because this game made billions of dollars, so actually, this works. Mm -hmm. But with IDOS, they go, this isn't working out for us anymore, and at this point, IDOS is starting to go under, and this is before Square buys them, and they become Square, you know, part of Square Enix, essentially. Mm -hmm. So they go to different publishers to see if they'll pick stuff up. Um, their next game, uh, Second Sight, which we did in the last episode, that goes with Codemasters, and... Oh yeah, no, we we really liked Second Sight. It's so Second good. Second Sight is just 
brilliant I, game. I'm not not to interrupt, but I really hope just and, and this is something we can talk about later. But the fact that Free Radical now exists again, like that's a big thing we I, we got to talk about. Oh but, yeah, no, but, I mean, that is that, the potential future perfect. That the, is the potential. The fact that the fact that I'm living in a world right now where I could potentially see the continued adventures of John Vatic, like. Uh, and and or Cortez, that, so like or Cortez, like but but and like Cortez to me, honestly, it was like Time Splitters is gonna come back someday. Like I always knew it. I always knew it was gonna happen. Some in some form or some way. But but Second Sight's the one to me where I'm like, oh, nobody yeah. fucking knows this game exists. Please give me another like slightly immersive sim stealth action telekinesis I'll just, game. Or just re, I'll just remaster it with nicer graphics so people just have a new way to play it. That's it. Yeah, it's, it's just like, this yeah, slight. It's this slight brilliant tragedy that like. Because Second Sight is this perfectly told little stealth story, and it's just this proof that you you give these guys the money and the time, they will give you gold. It's just no one was willing to wait on that fucking gold. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No publisher was like, no publisher knew what to do with them. It was mm-hmm. like too much talent for fucking yeah, publishers too, too, to handle. The, the, the creative voice was too unique for video games at the time. Straight up. It yeah. was too Yeah, they were before their time. Before their time is a pretty fucking apt way of putting them. And it's and it and the whole reason that they formed Free Radical in the first place was they felt constricted under rare. They wanted to do more stuff with you know, they did Goldeneye and they realized, well, this is a film property, so we're only ever gonna go as far as we can with this. So that's why they do Perfect Dark, and like they can expand the whole thing out. But then they real like they talk to the Stampers and they go, "Yeah, but but the next project you might be on Banjo, or you might be on Cameo, or you might be on Viva Pinata." And they go, "Yeah, but we want to do more stuff like this." And they essentially say, "Well, you got the clout. Why don't you go do your own business? Why don't you go start your own company?" Essentially, which is how that happens. Yeah. That's but- awesome. What's really funny is that, like, they are these, like, bright sparks and so ahead of the time, but, like, publishers at the time didn't know what to do with it. But they go to EA and they go, well, EA, they, you know, at the time, like, they published The Sims and, like, all these kind of slightly quirky, like, they would take a chance on quirkier stuff, but it's because they had FIFA and Madden. Like, they had the they had the money that they could use to put into slightly quirkier stuff. And they went, well, okay, well, these are the guys that we should go with. Here's the really funny thing with EA, which is that, like, you would think that they would get involved, like, with the design of the game and say, like, oh, it needs to be more like that. Because when I started playing it, I went, that's, it has vehicles, that's like Halo, it has the gravity gun, that's like Half-Life 2, it it has co-op, co-op partners with you all the time, that's like Half-Life 2. And there's so much stuff in it where it goes, oh, shit, did they, like, make them make it more like half like what was popular apparently ea had no say on that the only thing that ea told them to do was have so you know the intro level where it's where it's where two ends and three begins like immediately afterwards yeah and you're just on the planet's surface and it teaches you a little bit about the controls but it's this little explosive opening that's all ea told them to add they said this would be a decent hook for the game and I was debating whether to mention that until after we explained what the story was, because I thought that now that I've mentioned You've it now... jumped I'll... around the fucking plot massively. <laughs> no, it's I know, but... It's been all over. I think the intro 
work. I like the intro of Future Perfect. I think it yeah. works absolutely fine. And so there's one thing about the intro I find really amusing, and I not, I, jo I jotted it down. It's one line of dialogue, and it's just really funny in a very specific context, which is you're running down these canyons on this desert planet and you're gunning down these kind of weird cult members and there's times when it's coming in and someone says, where's Corporal Hart? And the other guy says, who's Corporal Hart? And it's like, she died five minutes ago. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, I was playing through, I, I'm finishing the campaign last night. I, I So I, I started Time Splitters like probably a month ago and then kind of finished it up recently. So I, yeah. I, the beginning's a little blurry right now, but yeah. I, 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 you know, you as Cortez loops back around uh, at the end of the game, yeah. at the beginning of the game, I, I did hear that line again. And it was like, where, where's Corporal Hart? Uh, who is that? Eh, I don't know, it doesn't matter. Like, <laughs> it's just like she was just on the most important mission in history and just died. Like, yeah. <laughs> and but then I I also went into the challenge modes last night and I thought it was super cool because one of the challenge modes is Corporal Hart's story. Like oh. oh they're like straight up the description of it is Corporal Hart is is here to make a reasonable showing even though she died in the last game. Like <laughs> <laughs> I didn't play and the it's a three level mini campaign right. about Corporal Hart. It's like, what the fuck? That's so cool. <laughs> God. So, but here's the really funny thing with EA, which is that they said we're not going to get involved, we're not going to fiddle around too much, we're just going to help out. But they thought the time split as Future Perfect was such an like a, an obvious thing that they went, we don't really need to, we, we can save the advertising budget on this. Time Split is too, is this enormous cult hit. People will buy it. Like, they'll know Time Split is out. And, so, wow. and they used the money that they were going to use to advertise it to prop up another FPS game that was coming out at the same time, Golden Eye Rogue Agent. What? A yeah. game that only exists because the developers that made Time Split is Future Perfect made the original fucking golden eye <laughs> i have been i have i'm just i've been excited for that drop because yeah that's yeah. just the most disgusting irony in this whole adventure that this the roaming spirit of golden eye coming back to bite them just. i i think i have a copy of rogue agent like on my I, I was gonna say I, have you, I have I'm, I'm literally gonna go and smash it like, <laughs> <laughs> i was gonna like, say have you played rogue agent I have. I, I played Rogue Agent a long time ago. The the, I, what, the only two things I distinctly remember are is the fact that you can hold two random ass guns and akimbo yep. anythings, and mm -hmm. uh, the fact that James Bond just fucking dies in the first like five minutes. Does he get like sucked out of a plane or some shit? No, a, he falls through the roof and then a helicopter falls and crushes him. <laughs> <laughs> That, that, that sounds like a, like a like a sketch, like a comedy sketch. Yeah, like, like when it falls on him, it should be like a like a splat sound effect or wow. something. Or like wow. boink. <laughs> yeah. Um, I've got bad news, Q. James Bond died farting. <laughs> well, that's <laughs> the thing. It, so, not to uh, not to spoil Golden Eye Rogue Agent for anybody. So it turns out that that was a simulation that first level, and then okay. fucking Judy, because they get everyone from the films back, and because it's like this. Um, historical like it's set between a bunch of different bond films they get like back all the fucking old these old ass actors who are in all the 60s and 70s films so fucking christopher lee saruman is in it playing scaramanger and it sounds like old christopher lee but they get but, what? but judy <laughs> dench judy dench is in the game as m and she fucking rinses you out because she was like you let 007 die you're not a good <laughs> age go out you're a bad agent get out of here 
gonna talk into my fucking Dame Judy Dench. That's yeah, great. she does. She, she she fucking whips your ass because one, you are akimboing weapons, which isn't um, that's not what uh, the double O agents should do. You let you let a helicopter form bonds. I I have never seen James Bond dual wielding twelve gauge shotguns. Yeah. I feel like at that point you should just start yelling at Judy Dench like. He's 007. If he was good, he would have dodged it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's not right. I mean, he can't be that good, he's, is he? He's been trained for this. He should have been trained to dodge a helicopter at this point. He's oh, been in the field for 90 years. He's had so many adventures. But the fact, but the fact, and they, the, they called the fucking game Golden Eye, and it's literally just because the guy has a cybernetic <laughs> golden eye that lets him see-through walls which is like something stolen from other games it like lets him have a shield again like halo it's like that is a game which feels like because when i played future perfect when i was a kid and you have um dual wielding i thought oh it's halo 2 not realizing oh no they're the guys who fucking invented that in golden eye and like all the time splitters games have dual wielding so it's like okay no never mind this is this is paying homage to all of the old ones but GoldenEye Rogue Agent feels like, what is popular? Let's make it like that. And so the funny thing was, and trying to read interviews and stuff, the fact that the game has vehicles and it has like all this stuff, it's exactly what you said. They had already figured out most of this stuff in Time Splitters 2, so it was like, well, what else can we do? And in trying to make a game that could just appeal to everyone, like not everything has been put into this game, they just added like all this stuff that like, well, hey, Valve could do this with Heart with Half Life. They had like a gravity gun. We can do that. We can do vehicles. We can do all of this stuff. And it's like, so in that kind of light, it's like, oh no, actually, like, Future Perfect is like, it's way more ambitious than two. But I just think that two is just tighter as a package. <laughs> Maybe that's just sort of I I, yeah. I honestly think for me, it's two feels a bit more imaginative and a little bit. A little bit crazier. I think three yeah. for me is like, it feels a lot. I'd actually say three feels like the tighter game, and I mean that both in like it's very mechanically sure. polished. It's more, but it's also kind of more limited in scope. Mm-hmm. Like it's there's less time periods. There's one thing, and this is a very, I wouldn't say this is an annoyance. It's it's not. It's like so particular, but I think it kind of, to me, feels like a little bit of a thing you can see. So, game begins and you bring the time crystals to. You bring the time crystals to a base and like, we have found a way to track energy residue from when these crystals have been used. We want you to go yeah. back in time. And by the way, it's all a lot funnier than I'm describing it. It's a lot more. <laughs> oh yeah. Um, so telling uh, it very straight, but yeah. yeah, basically Cortez is sent back in time to find the origin of when the crystals were used and basically stop any of this from ever happening to begin with. Very like, and obviously being a comedy, they never quite... They obviously don't want to deal with the ramifications of like... No, it's Austin Powers and um, the spy who shagged me in it where he goes cross-side and he goes, don't try and think about it too much. That goes for you at home. Yeah, pretty much. (laughs) It's like, it's just very funny, like very lighthearted. And you go to Scotland the Brave and because it's like time cultists, you don't really get World War II weapons. You get a kind of sort of period appropriate weapon but with it, it, it yeah. looks like it might belong there yeah, <laughs> yeah you have revolvers as your uh, pistol alikes which i guess makes yeah you sense. have like a you have kind of a lee enfieldy kind of yeah. uh sniper rifle it's 1924 so i should sure. say world war ii ish it's a bit before that but you also get a assault rifle that looks like a like a 
uh, Stormcover 44, it's, but... It looks like it's made out of, like, submarine parts. I don't know what yeah. the hell that machine gun is. <laughs> because it's been made by, like, the bad guys, I think. And yeah, so, right. here's, so here's the really funny thing, and I debated mentioning this now, or waiting until you get to the part of the story, which is, you do the first level, and it's a castle base full of Russians, and it's like... The fucking rare guys, they can't go making a game without having Russian enemies and they just, even when it makes no sense, they have Russian enemies in it. And then the game has an inbuilt, but we'll get to that, the game has inbuilt reasons for all, the story is airtight in a weird way. Yeah, it's, it is. It's, yeah it's so good. It's, it's wonderfully airtight. I do actually, I do have another thing I want to say about um, level two, Scotland the Brave. Yes. Um, the composer, Graham Norgate? Yes. Mm. Oh, he yes. Said, he said um, of Scotland the Brave, the music to it, that it is the best piece he's ever done. It's his favourite. I agree with that. The music to Scotland the Brave is, like, the best. It's this beautifully haunting theme. It like, goes between, like, this triumphant, like, wartimey band of brothers and then, like, this very melancholy and there's, like, little hints of, like... I don't bagpipes as some other kind. No, it is it is a singular bagpipe, which is like for oh. that bit bit of that that lead. Yeah, that little bit of lead that you mentioned, which is just kind of like over. Yeah, that sort of like choral section, and it is like like the rest of like the percussion kind of pulls back a little bit to let that do much of the top. Yeah, it is. Re yeah, that, yeah, that like, is it's really his favorite gay. piece of music, and I was like. And I didn't think much of it, and I was like, and I was reading, and it's like he said, "This is my favorite piece of music." I was like, "Okay, I'm gonna sit and listen to this." And I started listening to it, and just really like on by itself, and I was like, "No, this is fucking beautiful." Oh yeah. And I started thinking, "You're there with a 1920s British explorer doing cornball jokes, and you've got this beautiful war piece, and it's like sweeping." Yeah, sweeping is like, oh, and it's like, this doesn't. This feels. I don't want to say above because that's very pretentious, but it's like. This would suit like an actual like big war oh, push that's what scene, I'm, like, and you're you're raiding an island. I mean, <laughs> considering all the other FPS games that we have played for like the pod and like even games of the side, because otherwise it'd be like somebody like Chris Tilton who did the soundtrack to Black, and like you, what you kind of pointed out, like the the soundtrack to Black not only doesn't fit the game, but it is very kind of cheesy Hollywood, like you know. Lone violin, which in fairness I fucking love because it is such like you were big. On, you were big on like you thought like sweeping Spider-Man two music. I was like, I'm blowing away people, and I'm like this horrible dumbass no, agent. This is completely inappropriate music. I, I was <laughs> gonna say, Charlie, have you played Black? I played. I did play Black a long time you, ago. Yes. Do you I, agree I, I, that Black should have blasting heavy metal music and not a sweeping orchestral? It should yes. have the Doom soundtrack. It should have yeah. the Doom soundtrack. It, it should. It should. The guy who does the voice for the darkness should should have like oh, yeah. <laughs> the music. Like yeah, yeah. No, God, for sure. We got to do the darkness at some point. But I'm, yeah, I'm, I, I'm, I'm playing through all those right now. They're oh, so nice. As, as Snake <laughs> pointed out, though, I just love the juxtaposition between being the world's shittiest mercenary blowing apart guys with denim jeans on and the music sounds like <laughs> Uncle Ben has died and Peter's decided <laughs> I'm going to help the people of New York City. Um, but yeah, it's funny, we don't really talk about the music much in the time split and the, the music in time split is, is really good. I mean, we mentioned in time yeah. split is one that they're like the whole reason they spun up, spun off and did their own company and like they all of the developers kind of had like they all sort of like the same like uh like artistic stuff and like um same composers and whatever and for perfect dark they all really like luke basson which is why yeah. 
she's like Femme Nikita and like all the sci-fi stuff looks like Fifth Element. And then you have the track in the last level of Time Splitters 1, which is like a direct style parody of the opera scene from Fifth Element. Really? Wow. In the level where you're a robot and you're stealing duty-free before you get on the spaceship to escape the planet. It's the most British fucking joke you could end a shooter on is just going and getting your duty-free and fucking... <laughs> yeah. Excellent. But, but yeah, just Norgate as a composer is really underrated. And I think oh, this game... very varied. He's like... Yeah, he can do all these different styles, which obviously series demands that he can, but he's like the yeah. perfect man for the job. And... Yeah. He's what? He, he started in Rare as well. And he's the Rare composer. Nobody, he's not fucking, what's his, he's not- What's um, the Donkey Bright, Kong guy? He's not the Donkey Kong guy. He's not um, David Wise. He's yeah. not Robin Beanland. He's great. He's the guy who did all the, uh, most of the other tracks in GoldenEye, which most people say that like uh, Kirkhope did all of them. Now, Norgate did most of them. And Norgate wow. did all the music in Perfect Dark. And- we will get to it, but the credits of this game does Graham Norgate dirty, in my opinion. <laughs> um, it's, it's, for Time Splitters 2, all I could say is, I had to listen to Return to Planet X over and over again, because I made custom levels for all my mates, and I had one friend who would tell me, no, it's got to be Return to Planet because that's the only song he would listen to in that game. And it's like a Chemical Brothers track, which, yeah. again, just shows anyway. his range of like quality. But yeah, Scotland the Brave's a cool level. And again, I like the fact that it has, it's already starting to do the anarchistic stuff of, it has security cameras because of course it does. It's a rare <laughs> FPS game like GoldenEye. But the security cameras are like submarine style. Uh, <laughs> got a bunch yeah. of bolts on them and like, yeah. <laughs> make them look as 1920s oh, as you yeah, possibly can. Really yeah, it's all periscopes. Yeah, it's a really <laughs> cute touch. <laughs> Um, you save um, Captain Ash's uh, girlfriend, which again, you said this is the game from 2005, and yeah, she is like a fucking a She's character. She's like an African tribal princess. There's one line that really caught me off guard, and I can't remember the specifics of it. It was when I was like gunning down the Russian. It's like, it reminds me of being in Africa, and I was like, oh yeah. Yeah, it is fucking cringe. It's like, it's like oh, Jesus, fuck. man. <laughs> it's like a darkest Africa joke and it's like uh -huh. yeah you can't do that nowadays and then the level ends with a boss fight now Charlie I, I am I am going to warp my opinion to this game I'm not going to warp bo it these boss fights are fucking garbage the boss fight, all the boss fights in Future Perfect are, they, uh, they are bad they're fucking they're, terrible yeah, yeah they're, they're terrible point. it's like and it's, it's one per level it's, there's like one boss fight in Time Splitters 2 and it's the worst it's one of the. It's it's so easy that you just kind of go. But this one, it's like every boss just had me in the thing of there's no strategy. Just kill I, it faster than it kills you. Yeah. Aside from aside from the deer haunter and the final boss, mm. kind of. I think exactly. I, I think there are, are a couple instances in there where it kind of works, but the game is just not suited for the type of encounters they yeah. put together. Like, like the, the, the monster that comes out of the the, the well in in oh, the, yeah, the, yeah, the, yeah, the deer haunter. How the fuck are you supposed to? Well, not not even not even the deer hunter itself, because the deer deer hunter is. That, by the way, I do have a question yeah. to ask you at, at some point, but it is what are your what are your three favorite multiplayer characters? But we'll save that for later. Okay. Um, yeah, sure. <laughs> but but uh, like the deer hunter fight is really cool because you know it's it's, it's an enemy that's like eight feet tall. It's in that one room. It's it's pretty condensed. It's really short. Simple. It's just a stronger enemy. But then there's the monster that comes out of the well that's you know hundred feet tall. Yeah. And the movement mechanics of the game 
do not support fighting that thing. There is oh, no. no way to dodge it. <laughs> no, it's it's funny. They feel like they feel like Banjo Tooie bosses, which again. They're all ex-rare guys, so maybe it's just like they all sat on the same meetings where they all learned boss design at the same time because, like, fighting the tank feels like fighting the tank at the end of Banjo-Tooie where it is also feels really anticlimactic because it doesn't use any of, like... <sighs> Quick... Alright. We're, we're probably going to have to rack our brains on this, but is there an FPS game that has a good boss fight in it? Um, definitely. Definitely. <laughs> Okay, Definitely, but which? Okay, let's hear it. All right, here we go. Let's let's Wait, think. I, I don't mind the I don't mind the boss fights in Doom 2016. I know that's very contentious. A lot of people okay, don't yeah. like them. I don't in mind. What? what was that? Uh, Doom 2016. Uh, the, the boss fights in Doom 2016. I like right? them. I do of, like them. You could be very movement heavy. I think mm -hmm. they fare better in more platformy based ones where you've actually got yes. motion to work with. Yes, I, I I recently made a list of of my top twenty FPS games ever. I'm just going to consult this and see if there's any one of them that has a good boss fight. Doom 2016, I think, makes the most sense because they, yeah, they feel so much like the bosses from Doom 93, where it just teaches. It's, it's basically it's your test of did you learn circle strafing? Okay, yes, you test. There we go. Yeah. And I like how the final spider boss fight. There's a little bit of platforming involved. I think. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, so, okay. Well, actually, here's a. Here's a lazy answer of this very reason. It's not something that will appear on the pod. It's Ultra Kill. Ah, oh, well, yeah. okay. And you know what? It took a little while, but they, they, yeah. fight, they crack the yeah. first-person boss fight code. Yeah, and, and the trick is make him a bit like a Devil May Cry boss because that's a game yeah. that's all about like stylish <laughs> combat anyways. So. Yeah, for sure. I gotta get deeper uh, into Ultra Kill. <laughs> I've got to as well. Uh, the 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 big deer boss in the haunted house level did make me think that that was like from a new blood game. Like if that was lower poly <laughs> and had worse textures, that would be in like dusk or something. Yeah, straight up. Yeah. Um, let's yeah let's move on to the other level. So like you finish Scotland the Brave, and again this game is full of like weird jokes because it's sort of oh Cortez he escapes. Where do we go? What why do we go to the nineteen sixties? And it's like how did you know that? It's on the, it's on yeah, the back no, of she postcard. goes on this big joke about like triangulating based on a picture like, oh, if I look at topographical map and consult the height of the buildings, we can track down. And because it's like, it's uh, September 1969. Why? It's, and he just and it just cuts it's to him holding building. the picture and it's like written on the back exactly where and when the meeting was. <laughs> I, I, I just love, I, I fucking love the comedy of this game. Like, it, it, it's, it's so... Uh, okay, I'm I'm American, so I don't really understand. No, what no, this no, 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 no. Comedy subjective is fine. Well, There's no right or wrong answers. I, I mean, actually, I think it's fair. He says that it feels less British comedy, more kind of American. Well, it's very to, 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 to me, to me, as an American, them being a British studio, it feels like it, it, British it, comedy to me. It feels again, subtle and like dry. Not subtle, but dry. <laughs> <laughs> this is complete. This will be completely lost on you. I guess Snake. yeah. The point is, is very subjective. Okay. No, I, I, but I'm going to say you. this as well. Having played so many rareware games as a child, this is where like the Donkey Kong Country Banjo Kazooie comedy feels like it's at its strongest because it is so much. And again, like the thing that I liked about Time Splitters too was that there wasn't any written jokes. It was mostly <laughs> slapstick stuff, which I think kind of ages. Well, it doesn't age better, but it's like, that's a bit more universal than, say, yeah. here, where a lot of the jokes are kind of like, they're, they're more based on the written word. But again, to go back to the thing that we keep saying, 
the comedy isn't bad in this game. It's just I preferred what they did in Tight Splitters mm-hmm. too. But but is there is there any comedy moment that is even close to the moment when Old Crow appears in front of uh, Younger Crow <laughs> and, and 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 he goes, Grandpa? No, it's me, Grandpa. <laughs> yeah. Uh... <laughs> Like, that shit is so funny! That shit gets me every it's, fucking time. It's, it's the, pretty the good. one that I really love, the one that gets me, and I'm gonna amend an earlier statement about British-American comedy, um, but the moment that really gets me is when Cortez is like, well, I know your plan. He's like, he's just standing there dumbfounded, and Cortez explains exactly what the plot is, and then he says, oh, that's pretty clever, and he just goes, it's like, and Cortez, it dawns on him, he just kicked off the entire conflict. And he screams so loudly that Harry Tipper, in a different time period... Yeah, he says, dang it so loudly yeah. that a guy from 30 years ago hears him while having sex. Spaceman! Like, Space I, I will say, actually, it does feel a very British joke, is the amount of... The lack of respect Cortez gets from everyone else is a okay, yeah, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. That I is mean, a very British gag where he's like, he's very bombastic. He's very much like, time to split! And he's like, going for it. And no one gives him any, like, no one lets that that cut that line play and they just like the moment he says it everyone's like uh and and, yeah. and the, the 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 scene the the elevator scene yeah the, oh, the yeah, one they're just standing next to each other for like 10 seconds so, in silence uh, how's the job you get dental yeah and to bring it back to the time <laughs> so thing, the next time the next time they're doing like an elevator period, it's a time split and she's like oh, i'll get the next one and it just goes down <laughs> yeah. just, as he just holds the pose but his face like sinks <laughs> yeah. that's and that's what like yeah man that's it's 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 cortez could so easily just have been kind of a duke nukem but they no, give him exactly they give him this quirky streak that I feel like just like makes him almost this just timeless character, and it's not he's, overplayed. It's not no, like and he's done. very likable in a way that a lot of FPS heroes aren't. Like you either have yeah. a Master Chief who is nothing, or you have a Duke Nukem who's like I- I've got the biggest cock in the room. Everyone else sucks <laughs> apart from me, and there's no like just a guy who's nice who kind of is what Cortez is. He's just a guy who's nice. Yeah, and he's trying to do the job, and he 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 gets the job done in the end. He always gets the job done. But he also will occasionally reveal the entire plan to the villain and cause time to like. I think, <laughs> like I and mean, like I when it happens, what... you think, yeah, he's exactly stupid enough to do yeah. that. He's like, he's not annoyingly stupid. He's no, fun. I th- it is. Th- I think that's the joke that I like the most as well. Is that the the one that sticks in my head, and I don't think for a good reason. Is just it goes a little bit further into the game, but it's when they start to loop the plot and you start to go back to previous levels and stuff. But it's where you. You you walk in on the the Russian enemies who are talking about uh, to stop this we need to stop Cortez, but the only picture that they have of Cortez is him <laughs> having one Mister Universe That's, with yeah, yeah with wearing nothing but a a cheetah a, a cheetah speedo a like a, a thing over his chest like he's Baby New Year and a crown. He's <laughs> got a big uh, a sash that says Mr. Space. That's it, Mr. Space. <laughs> That's the one joke about him that, like, I don't know, it didn't really land because, like, Cortez, de- like, that feels like a Duke Nukem joke, yeah. not a Cortez joke. It, 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 it does. I feel like it links just enough to his confidence and his, his like, his, his constant urge to say his cool action line. Like, I, he, I, I could see him in the future winning a Mr. Space competition. No, <laughs> and, yeah. and I think getting back to what you said earlier about the fact that this game does so many different things, 
like the comedy is very all over the place as well but i think it is just the fact of well if you didn't like this joke maybe you'll like this one or like you know we're gonna try we just want to try everything and see like what works because like the robot character, I didn't look like when he gets I infected like with a virus. I I, uh, I dug the robot. <laughs> no, I think that's I what I mean. Yeah. So like, so like <laughs> the jokes. Of, oh, sorry, go ahead. <laughs> You're stuck between us two on this one. Uh, <laughs> it's, I don't know. I, I don't want to be topical about it, and it's like such a low blow. But I think what the comedy the ver- comedy is very confident. It doesn't linger. It makes the joke yeah. and it goes, and yeah. having just you know, been thinking about, been writing a video about the new Saints Row game for several several years. God, it feels that way. But <laughs> it feels like several years at yeah. this point. It's like, yeah. the comedy in that game is very, unconfident is the best word for it. Like, jokes linger, there's big oh, yeah. pauses, like, did you get the joke? And then they'll make several more along the same lines. This game is like, the, the cutscenes are very direct. Like, they make the joke yeah. and they go, and it's like, even if it's even if you don't particularly find it funny, you can't be annoyed because it's just bang and you go. Well, plus yeah. it also feels like a bit like moving. like Saints Row really has like free jokes, but it just keeps banging like they just keep saying the same it joke keeps in different. Wanting them to oh, work. Yeah. Oh, yeah. This is like again, this is very Zucker Brothers in regards to a joke happens and then you move on and then something else happens. And again, like there's no like jokes during the game. Well, I guess. You do find a drunk. You can find a drunk person in every level, yeah. which yes. is yeah. that's yeah, part of gameplay. Even the drunk guards are, are a wonderful recurring recurring game. Yeah. <laughs> um. God, where did we even get to in the plot? You go to. So then you do the we, sci-fi we were stuff. We only on meet, level three, I believe. Yeah. <laughs> you meet <laughs> Harry Sipper, and Harry Sipper. Again, this was the first game I played of no the series. No longer played so by Doug like, Cockle. I can't remember. Yes. Who? By now. What was his? Isn't he also Doug- the voice of Cortez? No, no, no. no. Um, I, I can't remember the I can't remember the voice of Cortez off the top of my head, which is a shame because it's a very distinctive voice, and he oh, played yeah. the sergeant in um, Second Sight. Yes. Oh yeah. Uh, but no, I can't remember who played Harry Tipper in this one. Just that in two, Harry Tipper was played by Doug Cockle, who went on to play uh, Geralt of Rivia, which um, is <laughs> always a yeah. fun fact for me. Oh, by the way, Cortez voice actor Tom Clark Hill. Yeah, Tom there Clark we go. Hill. I just Thank looked you. it up. Uh, yeah, Tom Clark Hill, voice of lots he's of things. The, he's, the, yeah. he's the main guy in uh, the Sniper Elite series. Yeah, I did not know that. Yeah, you can uh, if, if you play if you play Sniper Elite with that in mind. Immediately, it's like, oh fuck, it's Cortez. Oh, that clicks. Yeah. It's, 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 it's very a really good voice. Oh yeah, uh, oh yeah. Um, okay. The the level's okay. It's just um, it kind of feels like it riffs on like Atom Smasher and like the Siberia level and stuff. It's just like a lot of neat spy set pieces this is kind of where it feels a bit more like ea gave me in regards to okay here's a sniper section okay here's mm-hmm. a sneaking section here's yes a, yes which it's okay like it's that's, like all of them land really solidly but it's just you know yeah that's that's the thing about that i noticed when playing it through again is that they will divide their levels into very specific chunks very specific gameplay chunks. so interesting story about that then that i got from the development which is that is how Free Radical apparently designed their FPS games in regards to how they did Time Split as one and two. A artist and a programmer would be responsible for a single level or a number of single levels, and they would just nurse those like in silo essentially until they had something. When they designed Free, they knew that they were going to do more of a story based approach, but they still had that siloed approach in regards to. One person's going to nurse this thing, one person's going to nurse this thing, 
And the thing that you mentioned earlier with the fact that the reason the monkeys are in the game is because somebody made a monkey model and like that's what happened with that. Funnily enough, that's why the time split is that the enemies are time splitters. In the first one, somebody had made a zombie enemy type that they call Splitter. They didn't know what it was for, but they said, this is a cool enemy, let's put it in the game. And they were able to use that to right at the end of development, put a plot in Time Splitters 1. Wow. Yeah. Damn. <laughs> and Time Splitters 3 feels like that in regards to, so like somebody might have worked on the sniping section or whatever, but then they had the two lead like devs on the game had to come in in post and be like, how does Cortez get from this to this to this? Which is sort of how they do the, um, apparently that's how like Naughty Dog do the Uncharted games, is that they come up with the set pieces first, and then figure out the plot of how does Nathan get from one A to B to C. Interesting. And I don't know, it's weird. Like, I don't want to say that, oh, that's why Time Splitters 2 works a little bit better because, like, a, a, a developer because it's worked framing on. framing device based instead of linear yeah. story based. But it's, I think it's just that they're going for two different, two different things. And I guess yeah. because Time Splitters 3 is trying to be like, oh, we want to show that we can do a campaign style game as well as, like, Bungie or Valve can do. These are games that I've played. Like, I know what those games are like, but I had never played anything like Time Split 2, which is essentially <laughs> Crash Bandicoot 2 with guns. Like, every level yeah. is its own separated thing, you know? Mm -hmm. But yeah. the Harry Tipper level's okay. And then you do a train level, which everybody loves a train. Everybody loves a train in yeah. the mm -hmm. FPS. Yeah, it, it's kind of crazy to me that, like, oh my God, I, I go back 17 years and, like, video games are still doing train levels. Like, holy shit, okay. <laughs> We've yeah, been doing I'm this for a while. popped off because people were like, oh God, this train. And then. Yeah, Time Split is uh, Time Split is Future Perfect hit a couple, three years earlier, two years yeah. earlier. Yeah, and it's a good level. It's a lot of fun. I like the carriage to carriage, tight quarters. Yep. Right. It's, 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 it's slightly different. The helicopters around you. It's like it it varies things up a little bit. I feel like it's when the game kind of starts. Like those first three levels, I feel like are just sort of like really easing you into things, and then the yeah. rest is kind of like. When 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 the game starts pushing you forward, really. The train is obviously where they introduce the. The beloved mechanic of what if we had two Cortezes in a level and you did stuff twice? Which yes. <laughs> sometimes works really well. Like ghost ghost gargles, ghost gun. Oh, yeah. I, I did not like that section. Oh, <laughs> I just kept jumped by ghosts. It's so interesting because we were I just like all the like varying sections. That's what I mean. There's, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the thing. Um, I, I I just having finished the game last night, I played through the. Admittedly, just terrible tank sequence. Oh um, god! In, 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 the, in the robot level, like, 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 <laughs> god, they were really trying to do that Halo tank, and they just could not do it. <laughs> and I think that's also where you can feel like a little bit of strain because they play that cutscene in full twice. With, like, <laughs> yeah. it's the same angle. It's so nice, yeah, to see it twice. Thing. Yeah. And I love, I like the joke of it. I like Cortez going, "I'd stop for you. I already did." And he just kind of like looks off to the side, and goes, "Huh? Yeah." <laughs> It's just like, and also, hey, where am I meant to go next? You gotta get one of these. And it's like, okay, cool. Thanks, plot. Which <laughs> is nice and tight. There we go. It is it is very nice and tight. And 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 like I Cortez is such a joy of a character that seeing Cortez yeah. interact with Cortez is like, ah, eh, fuck yeah. Like yeah, yeah, exactly. more than, double the fun. I, I, um, I think have... the only the only one where I'm not a massive fan of it is when they have four Cortezes and you're do you're in the line. You're just puzzles. in a room with no cover and you're either mm -hmm shooting tiny droids or you're doing a hacking mini game and it's like ah, yeah. this um would you believe uh charlie if i said you that 
the the time traveling Cortez sections they were added really late in the game. Really, as a not a means so much to bulk it out, but again, going back to the thing of like every developer had their own little idea and then wanted to add it in. Mm-hmm. Because of the nature of the game is that some people came up with ideas that required them like completely reworking the game. But David Doak, who is like one of the studio heads and like an old, old rareware guy, he says, Oh, wouldn't it be good if Corsairs could interact with himself? Put that in the game. And they did it once <laughs> and then he said, This works so well, put it in multiple parts <laughs> of the game. God damn, wow. I, I I can just imagine being the person who receives that information. Oh, yeah, like, like, okay, yeah, sure, sure. Like, I'll, I'll go do that. I yeah, mean, I'll, with the silent approach, you give like six people heart attacks at once. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I have to completely rebuild my level. What the fuck? <laughs> I, I have the most particular nitpick, and it's not even a problem with the game. It's just something that it doesn't even bother me. I just want to say it because I noticed it. Um, in the 1960s levels, the Soviet rifle. Uh, I, I've started talking, and I feel like a prick because this is so no. Stupid. You have to continue on. Man. You already committed. Hey, yeah, I'm committed. There'll it be somebody. Bit- there'll be somebody listening to the podcast who agree with you. We talked about the guns in um, yeah. Black. Uh, we talked about the guns more in Black offline. But <laughs> oh no, it wasn't Black. It was something else. And I was like, yeah, well, the MP4 and the MP5 have the same gun. It's just a different number. And you were like, no, you're a fucking idiot. They're the two <laughs> very different guns. <laughs> okay, my point is, it looks more like an FN foul than any sort of Soviet era gun. It's right. You look at it. And it's like that. Yeah, FN foul. It looks like um which is a gun from Belgium, and was a... And I, I kind of thought, maybe they went with this model because... And I don't think this quite lines up, because the FN Fowl, the British Army, for around that time period, used the L1A1, which was modeled after the Fowl. And it's like... Okay. Yeah, but that's... We're talking about the 1970s. This game came out in 2005. Why would, <laughs> why would anyone care that much to get it... I don't want to say get it wrong in such a particular way. It's just... I don't know. It, I uh, think that probably just comes from... Make a gun. Okay, yeah. I made a gun. Call it <laughs> Soviet rifle. And I think it's a cool touch as well is that you notice that despite the fact that this game has a very obvious Tunia art style, but they still love gun models enough that they will go to the effort of making it look like a specific gun. I will say yeah. as, just as a quick sidebar, this is like as this is like the nicest that like the tie split is art style gets, in my opinion. I like it a lot in two, and there's certain things that two does with its style which is better. I like the designs of the time splitters in two versus the designs of the time splitters in this one, but I understand why they made the change in some elements, but mm-hmm. like the kind of the beastlier like time splitters design in this where they look like the pinky yeah. demon from Doom 3. Yeah. Uh, not a fan. I, I actually, I, I do like the chunkier, the future perfect design, just because they, they seem scarier and more menacing to me. Okay, they seem like yeah, they, 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 they do more harm. They, and then the way they move, just like like, like running at you fast, hunched yeah. over, like, I, I, it, it, it feels more like a like a race that is going to annihilate humanity to me. And, and the, the fucking great opening shot in the first mission where you just, from the ground, you see one of them just like ripping somebody's head off as Cortez like flies by. It's just like, yeah. it's a perfect setup for just how visceral and fucked up these creatures are. Versus in two, where they're these goofy aliens with like elephant trunks sticking out of their mouths, and they're like looking, like, run around and grab crystals, like like skitter yeah, through. Exactly. And they're very comedic off the bat because they're like doing a little comedy routine where they throw the crystals to each other and then jump in the thing. And it's yeah. very, like, it's also funny that the time splitters themselves are very de-emphasized, and it's this weird 
it's this weird little bit of respect to canon, which I don't think the series had to... It did, and it's cool that it did, but it also didn't need to bother with, which is, oh, you don't actually face time splitters in anything but these couple of stages. Because you nicked the crystals, they're no longer traveling through time. <laughs> yeah! Like, so That's you, crazy! I didn't even think about that! Yeah, yeah. so you only see the time splitters in, like, the beginning and the end. Yeah. And the rest is just cultist enemies and, like... Okay, we've cut the time splitters off from traveling through time. Uh, now let's just deal with the root problem. And there are time splitters in the game. Funnily, this may be the most time splitters in this game. Like to fight against is. Is there anything more we want to say about the Harry Sipper level other than uh, just you know, uh, hey, space man? It's 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 good and it's cute. And I like it's Harry Tipper. I like Harry <laughs> Tipper as a character as well. If anything, they should make more Time Splitters games because I would like to see more Harry Tipper. Well, Captain I mean, Ash, I wouldn't mind. I they'd have to change his character a bit again. Much like Snake, I'm I don't like you know. Oh, I'll be home. Time for tea. Like again, that's fucking rare. I mean, the, the final boss of Grab by the Ghoulies is fucking Captain Ash from this game. So <laughs> there we go. Um, but I like Harry Tipper. I'd like to see more games with him. That'd be deep. Yeah, I mean, that, I mean, they've got a cast of characters where you feel like any one of these guys, a lot of them could carry a game. Like you could have, oh, yeah. like you could have like fucking DLC, the Harry Tipper Chronicles, and it's free fucking missions in the sixties of him fighting Kalos. Yeah, yeah. If the game really, was made today, I, I, you do like it. I mean, that was the thing we kept saying about TS two and TS one, which is just the fact that they could be they're like a vertical slice. They're like the best level from another game. But they all just happen to be built on the Time Splitters 2 engine with the same similar weapon set, you know? But Yeah. Yeah. Um, cool. It's well, cool. I do, I, I do want to comment on something you said uh, a little bit ago about the art style. Yes. Because I feel like this game is so fucking gorgeous, man. Just like, oh, like so. the, the character animation. Oh, my God. I saw a post on Twitter a couple months ago about one of the original artists was just talking about the animation of Time Splitters. And he said he particularly said, he mentioned before motion capture. Um, and, and I know people were doing motion capture at this time in various, like, you know, look at Path of Neo and, and <laughs> half of the same same year. All of his moves are totally motion captured. But, like, the this, just the hand cartoon, the way characters, like, I, I was watching a shot last night in, when you defeat Crow uh, the, the second to last time in the robot level. And, and there's just a shot, it's just a, maybe a five, six second shot of him saying a sentence. And, but there's so much movement, and ha, ah, whoa, whoa, bah, bah. His, his, his head is moving up and down, his mouth and eyes are expanding. It's like, it's such, I just love the character and bounciness oh, and yeah. rubberiness. Like, if everybody. anything, this feels like something that's lost in the fact that like, even stuff like Fortnite now is mostly mocap driven. Yes. Yeah, this is yeah. a really good keyframed animation and you need it in regards to the character designs are stylized anyways. Having those very kind of like, you know, like, you know, it's something to that makes the comedy really motions. work because the expressions and the motions really sell it. Like, I mentioned it whenever Cortez is like, time to split line fails, his face drops. And like, yes. it's just, his, he keeps the same confident pose, but it's just, it's funny as well because he doesn't have eyes. Like, his eyes are goggles. So it's just with the mouth and like the general face shape, the line is, the joke is sold. And like, he becomes very, like, like, uh, I don't know what's the like. He's still despondent. Eyes. He's sad. Yeah, despondent. It's like <laughs> it's like ah, oh, Cortez, you card. It is. It is funny just being like you know, 
it is a character with no eyes, but he is like still really expressive. He's super it expressive. When it's like he's it's it's the Deadpool effect. You have the eyebrows. You have the eye shape. Oh yeah, like, Spider Man. Whereas like you know his his eyes get like smaller and, and larger, but I it mean, works. And on the art style front, because we talked about it a bit in the second sight thing, where it's like this much more dramatic, much more serious story, and you've still got these rubbery characters. Yeah, but they are so wonderfully expressive that they actually kind of sell the downbeat atmosphere, and it's like. It's yeah. such a good art style because it can do it can do both. It's like the cartooniness is like it doesn't downplay the elements. No, it, you make the you make the color scheme a bit more muted, and it's like this still works. It's still very expressive. No, mm-hmm. like Second Sight definitely makes me think of like because again they like Luc Besson and they like Mobius. Again, it's like a French comic book where it's you know it's this serious story, but like the proportions are they're designed as they are because yeah they really want to. Everyone has big eyes because, like, that's the most expressive part of the body, you know? So, like, why not? Mm-hmm. It works. Except <laughs> it does make everyone in this game is that every bloke looks like he's morph, like he's just, like, the chunk, like, just big square shapes. And every woman is, like, an, an hourglass. Cup. Curvy the lady, yeah. Woman you have seen basically into level three. <laughs> Oh boy, the haunted mansion, nineteen ninety four. Now, do you think that do you think that the people at Free Radical are a fan of the Resident Evil games? <laughs> Considering you I start mean, in a haunted mansion, but then turns out to be on top of a laboratory. Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. okay, actually, yeah, all right. That's a reference to. I, <laughs> I forgot. This is a game of. I, I said this to you, and I was so happy with it. I know just remembered. This is a game of basements. Oh yeah! Oh yeah! This is a funny thing. Yeah, yeah, snake. Yeah, snake managed. Yeah, you you, you say the piece because you. Yeah, yeah I, it was just good. like every level is like you arrive at a place, you kind of navigate, and then someone says, "Actually, there's evil below," and you go downstairs, and it's even more evil. It's not just this level. Changes. This level is the most. Ex- this is my little thing, but in the Harry Tipper level, oh God, yeah. even the first level, the time machine, you fucking descend into it. Second level, when you talk, when you're in the thing. Well, that's a spoiler, but you go to a fucking island and like, oh yeah, you, you, you deal with the island. This level, Haunted Mansion, you go down. The level before, God, I'm out. God, this is a time travel plot. I'm sorry. <laughs> you, the, you, the eugenics level, which is like immediately yeah. afterwards. Yeah, yeah oh, that's where all the evil experiments are Harry, happening. Harry Tipper, you kind of go into a base, then you go yeah. down, then you get on a train. Fuck off. I didn't even, what the fuck? Yeah. Like, <laughs> what is this happened? weird obsession yeah, with the descent then, into right, the basement? I'm just going to spoil it. At the end, you loop back around to the island that's getting blown up, and you realize the evil is below the island. You, you need to go actually deeper when to the island that you already oh, went God. to the basement what? of. The basement has a basement. We're gonna I, need like that's the thing. I feel like if I was ever able to get an interview with like the staff at the time, I would just ruin it by instantly asking, "Why does every level go have you going to a basement?" And why does the and why does the basement change the plot? Why does it like why is it a big re- why why they, why do you have big revelatory basements? Yeah. <laughs> Like, the big twist of the game is, holy shit, there's an even bigger basement. It literally yeah, is! I, yeah. I, 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 I do... We're gonna need, like, ten hours for this podcast. I, whatever time we have left, I do want to, like, dip on that final level of the game, because I do think mm. it's really neat and sort of maybe an interesting in regards to whatever Time Split is for could be. Um, mm. Haunted Mansion level... So, quick question, because th- I think this is my favourite level of the game. What's yes, everybody else's? Oh, okay, you you love the Haunted Mansion as well. Snake, yeah, what I'm, you? I'm pretty I'm pretty big on Haunted Mansion. I think Haunted Mansion fucking... I think we're all in there on that. And, 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 and do you know what? It feels... Both parts of it are just stellar. Like, both. And, and, and do you know... And, you know, most parts... And as well, 
The thing that we found out about Time Split is One and a little bit of two was that the original design of Time Split is One was right. We did Spies with GoldenEye, we did Spy Fi with Perfect Dark. We want to do film pastiches. Every triplet of levels is going to be either horror, crime, sci-fi. And so that's why you have like an ancient Egypt mummy level, like a a creepy like village, you know, a, a zomb- well, there's a zombie level in the first game. This level is much better than the zombie level in the first game. I'll give it that much. It does feel like they decided with doing like, uh, so Time Splitters 1 has the Haunted Mansion level. This feels like, hey, let's do that again, but not make it terrible. <laughs> um, <laughs> you've never played one. Uh, let me tell you something about Time Splitters 1. The zombies are absolutely invincible unless you headshot them. You have oh, to headshot them. And the aiming is, like, horrible in that mm-hmm. game. Yeah. So I, I was trying to... I still haven't. I was trying to, like, beat every stage of the first game on hard. Could not. Could not for the life of me. Did we no. talk... <laughs> I feel like we... Did we talk about the controls in Time Split as well? Because I feel like that's where... I, I'm just going to say, just for people at home who have never played this game, the controls in Time Split is free. Fine. That's it. That's all I can. The, 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 the controls are that they're not what every game should have, but they work. I will this say game. this: we're very, yeah. very late into the podcast. Let me do the basic control rundown I like to do. So, Time Splitters one and two, they control like GoldenEye, but very tightened up. This and game, with an extra stick. Yeah. Yeah. This game removes the kind of soft aim function which those two had. Like now, your gun is locked to center screen. You have a cut. You have a crosshair at all times. And if you press L, you you don't ADS. What would be the term? You just zoom in a bit, and you have this very weird screen effect where like two bits just fly around your crosshair. It feels a little yeah. over. It's a little over design, but you can turn the soft aiming back on. Game isn't built for it. It's because hmm. it, the the first two depended on an auto lock so yeah. heavily. Whereas this this one, is a lot more runny and gunny. You I actually think. have to aim and. To be fair, it's not fucking 1990 whenever fucking Goldeneye came out. Crosshair controls have been fine-tuned enough that aiming doesn't feel like a fucking puddle. It, yeah, it, it works. It's, 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 it's good enough for, yeah, what, for yeah. what you need. And also now you have a, a melee button and a grenade button, which are both kind of Halo-ish like innovations that they totally. they don't... They don't... No, I don't even know why I'm saying it. They're good. They're fine to be here. They take They're nothing fine. away from the um, game. I'm gonna. I, I'll, I'll put my hand to God and say I've never. I never used melee during Future Perfect. I it's kind to. of. Yeah. It's kind I, of. I, I, I last night I hit somebody because I accidentally clicked the stick and I was like, wait, what? Yeah. Halo, uh, Halo, <laughs> Halo's designed for it because Halo is a game which is open, soft open world in regards to you can you can sne- you can play like a stealth game and sneak up on people and punch them at the back of the head, or you can use snipers and whatever. You don't need to do that in here again. I'm, I'm actually kind of glad they didn't do that in this game. <laughs> I mean, it's yeah. with Halo, the melee has a very kind of core bouncing, which is it's an instant shield breaker and you go into a headshot. This just kind of has melee because it does. Because FPS games had melee. Yeah, at this point, if it didn't have melee, people would be like, what? Yeah, it's just, okay, it's here. The majority of games that have melee is just that it's a backup if you run out of ammo. I never ran out of ammo in this game. And that's the thing, I was... I, I was just playing last night and, and like I was just kind of shocked by like even I was playing on normal and like man that game gets that game gets hard near the end like there there were some sequences that I had to play a couple times and it was like okay please I, I need to beat this tonight <laughs> but <laughs> I, the, the, I I was just kind of surprised by like how much you have to how it was the robot level the second robot level that ends with the big giant mech boss fight 
Yeah. Um, yep. And and I was going through it, and I felt like I always had just the amount of ammo I needed. Like everything was so tightly scripted together to where they would yeah. always give you the exact amount of ammo you needed. But to the point where, if I got to a couple checkpoints where like I was like, okay, I'm just gonna have to restart the level because like I they keep reloading me, and I do not have enough ammo here. And and like, I... but I felt like I just had to use every one of my weapons. I feel like I had to use every one of my grenades, and it was that was just something I didn't really remember. Uh, I didn't run into that, but that's because I tried for so long, and it kind of started working for me. I used the gravity glove all the time. Like, I was trying, and I'm not fond of the gravity glove, because I think it pulls things too close to your screen, so you can't see what you're doing. Mm -hmm. I was like, it was an ammo saver. It kills zombies instantly. It kills so many enemies instantly. So it's so weird that it feels like the game never really tells you. Oh, by the way, it kind of does. It's like something. Yeah. It's like it could have really pulled you in on the gravity glove and said, "Hey, running low on ammo, use this. It kind of works." But yes, that's that, that's the whole mechanic that like it again, just part of the pastiche. Every throw everything at it design of the game. Like it's just you, you have this gravity. But but I, I was playing last night and there was a part where you're in the underground city under in the basement under the basement um, at the end and like you I, there were people like in that underground civilization that were like uh, across the, the river from me and I couldn't get to them yeah, yeah. and they were hiding behind boxes of cover and I accidentally pulled out the gravity oh. glove and I, I and I accidentally moved all the cover out of them so I could hit them oh, all perfectly nice. and like and I was like wait you can actually do things with this. <laughs> like, like, yeah. this maybe I, should actually... I I had it in the robot level where there were like times I was in cover and I was like, shit, shit, what do I do? I don't have anything. And I was like, can I use the gravity like glove on that dropped gun and get it to me? And it was like, yep, you can. You pull the gun, get that ammo. And it's like- That's awesome. I was yeah. using it to um, disable the cameras in the eugenics level. Cause I was like, oh, this is actually a, like an huh, ammo okay, free I didn't think of that. This is like it's really hard to like talk about FPS games, especially ones like this where it's like, oh, well, the level's kind of shit because you just do this, and it's like, oh, actually, you could have done this, all this, all this, and it's like, oh yeah. wow, okay, this game's really good. Yeah, what like you can use the gravity glove to grab like health and ammo and everything from by like, yeah, as you said, yes. you can like remove cover, and it's like, and. I think none of us probably used it to its full potential. Yeah. <laughs> well, I so the fact so the gravity glove is the temporal uplink from. So I, I mean, save us on about this. So, time split is two. I don't know if I remember, but whenever you start a level, you have like a little computer console with a mini map on it. Yes. That's what the gravity glove is, and you can bring up the mini map on that. I again playing it through last night. I, I pressed a button, and suddenly there was a map in front of me. I was like, what is it? This game has everything. Like, <laughs> I've been playing for 17 fucking years. I didn't know there was a mini map. <laughs> the thing is, you don't need it as much, but it's like, yeah, no. I did that. I did that in the eugenics level, and I was like, huh, it's still here. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's really interesting because like the the design of this game is so much more linear. You would never need it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> There's no like need to. It's not like the beginning of Neo Tokyo. No, exactly. Like in TS2, you need it for like the Neo Tokyo level. But in the, yeah, I, I wonder whether like this game could have needed. Oh, I say needed. Like whether it could have had like you remember in Sonic Adventure where you could go back to previous levels and you had to like do them again with fifty rings or do them again with fifty rings in a certain time. Whether having a mini map like that would be useful for like they just reuse the levels but make maybe give you more objectives. I, mean, I don't I know. I believe yeah. that's the point of challenge mode where yes. you just get like screwball mm-hmm. objectives. Yeah. I yeah. was like, I, I mucked around with Arcade League. I Okay, let's talk about Arcade League. Let's um, do it. Yeah, let's yeah. do that and then we'll talk about the mansion because it has something yeah. that I think is neat. Okay, mm-hmm. yeah. So let's break from the story for a moment. So I 
steamrolled Arcade League in this one. <laughs> Up until Elite League, there's a level in the spaceport where you have to get like so many kills in a. You have to eliminate all the other opponents in a certain amount of time. I was at it for two hours. I could not gold medal it because they would always spawn on the other end of this giant wraparound stage. And that's the... And I just kind of went, oh, Christ. It took longer to get random, but when it got random, it hit fucking hard. Mm -hmm. um, but Arcade yeah. League, yeah, it's still a lot of fun. It's still like... Still good. Um, like, it was a lot easier than Time Splitters 2. I just genuinely like had little resistance into Elite League, which is mm. probably a lot better a balance than TS2, where it was like... I was struggling in beginner to get gold. Really? Yeah. yeah. This game was like, no, nah, it's actually balanced. Like, we're only going to get hard at the end. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it's That's still, good. like, very comedic. That's cool. Because, yeah, I just, I just remember a lot of the extra content and, and time splitters, too. It's all the games in general. It, it gets extremely difficult to oh, the yeah. point where it's like, who the fuck has anybody... Has there, is there a human on this earth that has, like, gotten a gold medal on all of these things? It, the, game, the game's designed for people where the idea is you will only need one game for the next year, and this Basically. is Basically. Yeah. And I, I went and I looked up guides, and it's really funny because I said this during Time Splitters 2, and it just kept cropping up. So many times I'd, like, I was reading the game FAQs of, like, okay, what's the strategy that will win me this? And it's just, you really just have to get lucky. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good luck. Yeah. Have fun. <laughs> I, I was I, like I sometimes I'll read through I have this collection of old game guides that I just had from when I was a kid and like a lot of, for, for very shitty games and one of them is like for this, uh, this X-Men game X2 Wolverine's Revenge it's oh, like yeah. just, just a piece of shit and, and I, I was trying to play through it for a video and I was scrolling through and just like this is a, this is something I paid money for like I paid twenty dollars for this at a GameStop when I was like nine, and I and I was because I was replaying X two again, and I I was like okay I need to consult the strategy guide because this game is fucking impossible. <laughs> I'm twenty five years old and I still I can't beat this, so I need to consult this old strategy guide. And I scrolled page one hundred fifty, the level I'm at, and it's basically just like you just need to get lucky. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> what? You're supposed to be a professional. This was on shelves. That's not a strategy. That's that's just. <laughs> Common yeah. knowledge. What the fuck? I mean, it's still like Time Splitters 2, Harry Tipper versus like Jungle Women has my oh, favorite yeah. line I've ever seen written in a strategy guide now, which was just if you shoot first, you should probably survive. <laughs> <laughs> Great tip. That's fucking tell that to people in Westerns. <laughs> Nothing in the single player ever gets that. No, it's, it's very much no, it like, doesn't. hey, did you. Do you want an actual spice out of this? Do you want some kick? Boy, do we have something for you. This will beat the hell out of you if you want to win. <laughs> and I guess it's funny because, like, maybe, like, you have to play the other time splits before this one because TS2 is very much, like, you do... The, the campaign is, like, a treat, but it's kind of, like, here's how we ease you into what the challenges are going to do. And also it's kind of a training mechanism for multiplayer in, like, the way that, like... Quake 2 kind of was where like yeah we built a single player but the multiplayer is kind of where the juice is versus Time Splitters 3 where it's like oh no we built this engine which does really good single player campaigns but it also does really good multiplayer really good challenges have fun mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah God, it's a fucking it's bounty it's a feast it, fit for a king there's so much <laughs> there's so much in this game um fucking Haunted Mansion Spooky Mansion yeah. level it's really mm -hmm. good um I like 
when the deer pops out of the wall because the deer head goes mental and you think, oh, this is an Evil Dead reference. And yes. then it pops out and then it goes, oh, no, they're actually doing they're actually doing their own thing. Cool. Yes. All right. Neat. I, I, I really love that. That's the version, that Evil Dead's version of, of, of just, okay, it's just cackling and then it fucking comes out of the whole wall. Yeah. And uh, yeah, that's the, does he say, does he say his iconic line during the boss fight or is that only when you select him in the multiplayer menu? Do either of you know what I'm talking about? Uh, what is the icon? I should you have probably to... know this because he played the, the moose ball. is loose. Oh yeah, <laughs> that is I th- that is the character select. So it's not in the uh, single. Okay, screen. damn. Damn it. Uh, I know the zombie when you select him in the uh, multiplayer says, "Have I got red on me?" Because they had to pay the <laughs> to it. Hey, so, big Shaun of the Dead reference. Uh, <laughs> and they had to because Time Split is one is in Shaun of the Dead, so. Yeah. Oh, I always forget about that. Yeah, they're yeah, playing yeah, on the couch yeah. and they're playing at the end. I think, right? Exactly right. Um, Zombie Love is really neat. Uh, Joe Beth Cassidy should be annoying, but she's not. But so that's all good. Uh, and then you go underground, and then it turns into she a She plays science. off of Cortez really well because yeah. you think, you think, oh, she's just going to be a dumb Valley girl. But because Cortez is equally stupid in his own way, <laughs> yeah, they're just like, too. It's funny that you think, oh, she's going to be the dumb teenage kid, but it's like. Actually, she's probably less naive than him. No, she, she's, is, he's a himbo, and she's I, like, she's I was smart, literally so. about to say, it's himbo and bimbo. Like, yeah, himbo and bimbo solving crimes. It's the League of Bimbos. There's, there's like one joke, which I think is maybe a bit skeevy, but it did make me laugh, so I can't knock it, which was just is like- Is it the one where he like looks up her skirt or something? Like, uh, he's like, no, okay, I forgot that, that's more skeevy. <laughs> Yeah, it was, like, it was it was when he teleports away at the end and she just kind of goes, yeah, he was too old anyway. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's just a nice little ironic pang on the level. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and the only reason I want to talk about this level is because, so this game does something that nobody asked them to do, but they decided to do it. And I really appreciate it, which is they decided to explain what are the time splitters. And so... <laughs> In Time Splitters nice. 1, you get no explanation what they are, apart from the the booklet from the game that says they are, they are a race of aliens that are invading time, and they try and stop you from doing things that can correct the timeline. So you steal somebody's <laughs> money, or you steal this ancient artifact, whatever. That's fine. Time Splitters 2 gives a bit more explanation, which is that they're using time crystals to travel to different points in history to fuck it up, and you hop back in time, and you fix that all up, but also get the time crystals. Fine. Okay. Nobody at any point says, "Yeah, but I want to know what the times. What, what what planet do they come from? What? Do, there's never the Mister B tongue question of what do they eat. <laughs> nobody's nobody's asking that about time splits because of the <laughs> the tone of the game is such that it's like ah, it's fine. They're just like um, they're just en- they're imps. You know, they're just like enemies from wherever. They don't. Ma- but this game decided. Why don't we <laughs> explain where the time splits come from? And they do it in like. I remember playing it as a kid, and you get to the reveal, and I was just kind of like, oh, interesting reveal, okay. But then replaying it as an adult and doing these things again, I went, oh, this is actually really clever how they do it. You go into the mansion, and it's the mansion from Resident Evil where they're making zombies. And the whole reason that they're making zombies is because the guy who's in charge of the zombie operations is Jacob Crow, and his whole shtick is he wants to live forever. Bam. Simple thing. I just don't want to die. Easy. How am I going to do that? I'm going to make zombies. Fair enough. Then you start fighting the zombies, and some of the zombies get electrified and start shooting lightning at you, and you go, oh, that's a bit like what the Time Splitters do in Time Splitters 1 and 2. 
And then, like, <laughs> other stuff happens to him, which is also... Oh, yeah, some of them start, like, teleporting. You go, oh, that's a bit like Time Splitters as well. Oh, wait. Oh, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> this is where he's making time... Oh, this is how... Like, this is why the Time Splitters are like they are. Oh, for fuck's sake. And <laughs> I had a big smile on my face when I figured that out. It was that's, very neat. That is yeah, very, that that is very cool. Like, huh. Yeah, I didn't connect those dots. No! I didn't either. The, the in-game, that's a great in-game way, diagetically, like, because no. just showing you that these it, are the original progenitors of these other creatures. like, And it comes hours before the game spells it out. Well, no, exactly. But the fact that they're doing it all the way early, and they're doing it, and like, you know, if, if I was on the development team, I'd do the shitty thing of, oh, what if Cortez says, damn, this reminds me of the time splitters. Because, like, <laughs> I want to make sure that everybody can see how clever I am that I've managed to work this into the game. But, no, they wait until right at the end of the game to explain that, essentially, oh, yeah, the, the, there are no aliens in this. The aliens of time splitters are all human. They're all the cybernetic experiments of me trying to figure out I don't want to die, essentially. And they've now become my army to make sure that you guys never stop that from happening. They're, they're my corrective measure to make sure that this always happens. And it's like, neat. That, I really <laughs> like that this is a thing. It does, yeah. as a result, make Time Splitters 3 potentially the last Time Splitters story, because after of that course. you go... But then they could go back to Time Splitters 2 and go, oh, okay, we don't need a plot. Bam, 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 bam. Stuff happens. Bam, 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 bam. Yeah. Easy. yeah. Do time that's, agents, that's, do whatever. That's really interesting. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's really, really neat. Yeah. And it's it's just funny as well because like with the thing of the monkeys and the time splitters, it's just I love it when, you know, you have all these kind of creative juices flowing and just throwing everything into a pot, and then at just the last second someone has to go, How do we make all of this work together? And then they just it just they just fucking do it. They just yeah, like, that's, that's cleanly really tie they, they everything like together into a nice little bow, and it's like it's the most beautiful fucking thing that can happen in in art. It's just yeah, I I, I love con <laughs> I love when you have to bring in a continuity person to just kind of like make sure. And when stuff fits together in a really nice way, it's just like one of my favorite things in like any bit of fiction. It's a fucking free pointer from Half Court. It's, it's it's just another thing about the game is that it's like it, it could have been just a random comedy. It could have just been yeah. a, another game where they just you know scenarios, fun scenarios, fun little intro and outro cutscenes for all the scenarios. But they they really did something with it. They pushed it yeah. and like they, they created a story that seventeen years later I still get a kick out of. Oh, uh, sure, yeah. you, you, were, you were telling me these things like what the fuck? I didn't even connect these zombies that shoot electricity like are the oh my god. And yeah. it, it's just nice and tight, and they they really put thought into it. And like, yeah, a lot of and, like, and it manages to stay pretty consistent. Like the eugenics level is funny because it is just a perfect dark level essentially. Like yeah. you start on the yeah. roof, and it's all about turning off security systems and stuff. Yeah, it's like the first level in perfect dark, and like even the character in it that you fight alongside is like a Joanna Dark style. Yeah. <laughs> she could have had her own game and it probably would have been really neat, but she's like saddled with fucking <laughs> Cortez as he goes on his little adventure. And again, they do the same thing. You go into the lab underneath it and it's, um, they're doing science. Again, they're doing the same science experiments that they did with the, um, with the zombies. But again, these ones look more like the time splitters. They're all like these kind of large monstrous creatures which look like what the 
That's how I suppose yeah, at the end of the game look like. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, very true, very true. It's very neat. Yeah. It's and they do all these things. It's a testament to, to just the, the time and effort they put into it. And, and just like, like you said, like the fact they don't call direct attention to it. No. It's just, but it's all done now that you're putting this out in front of me in a very direct way. It's like, oh my God, this makes so much sense. This yeah. is like so consistent. And there's such a build of these creatures into what the time splitters end up looking like at the end of the game. Yeah. Like, what the fuck? They did not need to put this fucking effort into this video game. <laughs> Everything just slots together nicely, and I just want to give a big shout out to um, them bringing back the fucking second sight like computer systems. <laughs> the interactive computers, I love it. Yeah. I love when games do that shit. I love like the little random stupid thing. Times. I love the little second sight operating system they got going, <laughs> which is now used like near enough exclusively for jokes. But I don't care. It's just it's fun that they have all these weird little bits of fucking joke computer law things off to the side <laughs> oh the, the game is full of like on the train level where you try and like catch kalos you can stay in his room for ages and drive around his cat yeah for no oh, reason yeah. for no <laughs> reason yeah. at all and, and and you go into the challenge mode there's a whole cat race yeah <laughs> okay actually you know so yeah this level's like a resident evil riff but it also has a fucking minecart section yeah, Donkey Kong there. Country. They're bringing it back. Oh yeah, Donkey. I didn't even think of Donkey Kong Country. I was more thinking of Resident Evil Four, but yeah. Oh yeah. Back oh, this two. came. Well, this came out the same year as I think this came out before RE. Oh no, RE Four was right at the beginning of the year. It was so two thousand four. Was RE? No, um, RE Four was right. It was like February two thousand five. Like really, really early. Oh okay. But this came out in March twenty first. So there's no way they could have played it before this came out. So. <laughs> I do want to ask then, yes. I want to just present this question and see, get you guys' opinions. What are your three favorite multiplayer characters in Time Splitters? Do you have oh, yeah, any? Let's, let's, let's yes. sidebar for the multiplayer for a second. So, who are my three favorite multiplayer characters? God. Because there's so many. So many stupid, wonderful characters in this game. I okay, like, so I, oh, I, like, I like Robofish. I like, like Robofish. I like, ha I like the handyman. Pick me. I'm quite handy. <laughs> the man with a hand for a head, even though I fucking hate his stage in Team... Time Splitters 2 bloody arcade league. He's funny. I like him. The third is a bit trickier. I can't remember. Robot, it's not, no. Robot 117 I, is, that's the female robot on the cover of 2, right? I'm trying to remember the yes. specific numbering. Uh, I mean, I like Tipper. There's a lot. I like Gingerbread Man. Gingerbread Man, classic. Hell yeah. I, I just, I like the stupid characters that like just <laughs> don't work in the story. I like Crispin. I don't know why I like Crispin. I've always liked Crispin too. I don't know why I like Crispin so much. <laughs> it, Crispin's the guy on fire, right? He's the yes, fire just zombie. Crispy zombie. Yeah. Just a burnt corpse. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I, Crispin's always been up there for me. I, I always like playing as the, the time splitters themselves. Yeah. I uh, definitely the deer hunter is my go-to just because of the moose is loose, um, and and I love all the variations of monkeys. I like the RoboCop monkey. I like the oh the, yeah, the Robo, Robo Chimps really good. I like a basic <laughs> monkey. I actually got okay. No, Crispin. I remember now. Crispin, like I really love his line because he just gets up and he's like, "Burn, baby, burn." <laughs> That's what it was. I was trying to remember what his line was. That's perfect. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm really. I okay. So. Okay, some some pod honesty is coming here. So, folks, I have single player was beaten. Single player, single player for this game beat really quickly because love the single player in this game. Easy goes down really well. 
Multiplayer was a bit more of a challenging prospect. Me and Snake having some like this in regards to we should just parsec these games at some point, but we never do. Which is I'm a shame. I'm always because... just like I'm always just writing something or like, and I never yeah, get around we're, we're both, to. We're busy I'm, always, I'm the horrible friend who's like, you have to contact me, and I'll probably be up for something, but I am never the one reaching out. I feel and, yeah. yeah. I feel with one thing that, um, like, all the reviews at the time that really loved this game, the one thing that they all pointed out was that, oh, it's on, it can do online multiplayer now. This was the thing that was holding back Time Splitters 2, was that it was still split screen. Which, again, mm -hmm. really funny to think about in hindsight, because you yeah. can just parsec it. But, like, it supported 16-player multiplayer. It could compete with, like, Halo and stuff now. Again, the game did okay sales-wise, but, like... Mm -hmm. This came out the year after Halo 2, which was the Xbox Live game. So, like, yeah. nothing touched it. And, like, a lot of the reviews kind of say, this probably isn't going to replace Halo 2 if you're on the Xbox. But if you're on PS2, which has no good FPS games, <laughs> there you go. Enjoy. Here's your multiplayer online game, I guess. I'm trying to remember a PS2 shooter to, like, fucking contradict you right now, and why can't I think of a one? So come... <laughs> I played SOCOM online back in the day. I won't even defend it. Good. <laughs> um, Metal Gear Online. Oh, that was that. That was yeah. that. But, but oh, that only started at four, right? I played MGO One. Yeah. Um, it's on uh, Subsistence. Really? Yeah. What? That's where it, yeah, yeah, no. That's Metal Gear Solid. Metal Gear Solid Three Subsistence was the origin of its multiplayer online mode. I had it. That's crazy. Yeah, no one it's talks really about good. it. Everyone talks about MGO. I mean, it's funny. Everyone talks about that, but they never really point out. Why is this called MGO2? Because it fucking <laughs> began in Metal Gear Solid 3, but it, it probably... Here's the thing, I say, oh yeah, I played it, but I can't even be Billy Big Bollocks about it because I don't remember a single thing about what it was actually like. So... God. Yeah. Um, Cold Winter, a game that we will cover at some point because it was developed by the people who would then go on to do 50 Cent Blood on the Sand. <laughs> that was also online that also had like online support for deathmatch but yeah i don't know the ps2 didn't have like a i guess this was it maybe but i'm like, sure there's something we're missing but yeah 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 uh, ps2 ps2 online. i had ps2 online i played everquest online don't know yeah. why i'm not an mmo guy that was like my first mmo experience was on the fucking ps2 of all things <laughs> ff11 um, i think was like that was like the thing that oh, was packaged yeah. with the hard drive like that was the selling point for the online i'm gonna, I'm but, gonna look mm -hmm. up ps2 online games though you two go ahead um but quick question so how did you replay this game because i replayed it on dolphin so the gamecube didn't even have on well the gamecube was the first to have a broadband adapter but it didn't support online for this game so i wouldn't have even been able to play it that way so yeah i i played original time splitters 2 all those years back on on gamecube and i replayed three here on my original xbox oh very so nice i straight up was doing classic hardware classic controllers as as, as legit as i could <laughs> um what did you have the duke or the um the s controller uh i don't know the difference i the classic one Oh, the Duke, oh. yeah, the Duke was the big one. The Duke is the, the chunk. Duke. The S I is the one with the redesign. If you ever meet me and play a game with me, you'll notice I hold controllers in really fucked up ways, and that's because as a kid I had really small hands and I had the Duke. <laughs> so, <laughs> like, like I, yeah, so I developed this weird claw grip where I kind of like have my index finger wrapped around one of the analogs to kind of like tug it. <laughs> that's I'm interesting, I've never seen yeah. that formation. A friend of mine would do the claw for um, when they used to do Halo 2. Um, competitive. I actually think have. it kind of works because I can do like analog and face buttons like pretty much. Yeah. Which helps in some games. Um, 
Also, James, I did I did look up uh, online PS2 games and I found another future episode we got to do. Uh, Resident Evil Outbreak. Oh yeah. <laughs> I want to do I want to do Dead Aim at some point because Dead Aim is engineered. It's well, it's it's like uh, it's like a really dodgy version of RE4 months before RE4 came out. So fair enough. It's it's literally a, it's a third person action game that whenever you want to shoot turns into an FPS game. It's so weird. What? Yeah, it had light guns. So this before. is Dead Aim. Yeah, this is Dead Aim. And yeah, it had um, it was designed for light gun, but they also designed it with like controllers in mind, so like you can play it like like an FPS, like a really dodgy FPS. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's interesting. Yeah, like Resident Evil games. I, there's so many that I haven't even heard of that one. <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, to bring it up while we're on multiplayer, though, and yeah, okay, so James, you don't have your free, like, your free fabs. Oh, no, I, I was kind of, as we were going along, I was like kind of a group. Now, so the funny thing is I did play a lot of multiplayer on this, but I ha I've had to have a look at the page to remind myself. Of course, there's 150 I, of them. Yeah, yeah. I, liked, I liked Duck. He was cool. Yeah, yeah liked, Duck's fun. Uh, Oh, I totally forgot. Um, there's a character design called Joe Barth Cass Cassidy who's introduced in the zombie level. Which, again, it's cute because it's essentially, it's like the Notre Dame level from 2, where it's like you're saving maidens, but some of them are actually time splitters. They do the same trick here, and they use the old-fashioned time splitters design, so it's like, oh, oh no, we haven't totally redesigned these enemies. The old time splitters are also still canonical to time splitters 3. It's just that the brute time splitters is like, oh, this guy's getting into my inner sanctum now, so I gotta break out the big guns. <laughs> God, the plot of this game is so airtight. It's great. Um, so yeah, I like. Um, God, I like all the weird. Oh yeah, calamari was a cool. Ad, oh yeah, calamari. Cool calamari, like they mm -hmm. were in the plot in the first two games. I kind of mentioned that was the kind of like Planet X stuff. They remove yeah. all the cheesy fifties sci-fi. So like the calamari and their war with another race is just totally absent from the plot. Probably isn't a great loss. Probably keeps things very focused, but it's like this funny little like all the go some of the goofiest stuff is just like excised completely. Yeah, and I think again the fact that it's so the linear is like it's always constantly going forward. It feels like there's only now one timeline in like Time Splitters versus in Time Splitters too. It kind of felt like some like especially the Planet X stuff kind of felt like a divergence point, or it's sort of like the the future armor thing where you keep seeing like when Fry gets frozen and the world keeps getting rebuilt and mm -hmm. one is like dark future and then it gets destroyed and then one is like medieval and then it gets destroyed and then and then it's all the retro future stuff so it's like oh no it's all canonical it's just that styles change so massively between time periods because eugenics and robo war do look very similar to one another yeah there's not as much distinction no, we are talking about multiplayer at the moment, though. Multiplayer oh. is very good in this game. <laughs> the, 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 the funny thing is, is that me and Snake was... the tricky part about, like, either of us two talking about multiplayer in this is, besides anything else, it's like, it's everything that was good in Time Splitters 2, but more of it. Yeah. Like, only the single-player content has really seen, like, a shake-up outside of the controls. So it's like... Yeah. So you've got to bring, I'm sorry to say, yeah, Joe, so it's all on you to bring, what's the new perspective on multiplayer? Well, yeah, what's your multiplayer, what's your multiplayer memories? What's your juice? With, uh, I mean, so multiplayer, I played a lot with friends when I was younger. Like, this was the kind of game that I definitely did split screen with, with buddies. And it was like joyous, fucking yeah. joyous, endless joy of, of just all these different modes. I think um, you're, you're like a few years younger than us, so it was like... I had that with Time Splitters too, and like you're the next step on having that with yeah. Future Perfect. Yeah, pretty much, basically, and and 
Yeah, I didn't. I didn't play a whole lot online. Um, just I don't even know if I had online at that point. I don't think I did. Um, but yeah, I, I just I, I the multiplayer is so so wonderful, man. All the different modes, all the different like virus fucking virus Ooh, is yeah. one of the yeah, most virus. fun even playing with bots i just played it with bots for like an hour last night just on going through all the levels and just like just the the way it builds and you you'll, you'll see somebody in on on green fire halfway across the map you're like okay things are escalating i need to keep moving and like Get running. Just all the different types all the different modes it, it just keeps things so much fun and then uh, all the different yeah. customization elements like it, it 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 is one of the most even today you look at it, and it's like, this is so customizable. So oh, it's such a package, yeah. yeah. Like, the nearest thing that it gets... Like, Halo 3 is, like, the nearest that kind of gets to that in regards to mm-hmm. all the multiplayer modes and custom stuff and Forge, but mm-hmm. that's... It's funny to think with the virus mode as well is that, talking about Halo 2, because I remember when me and my mates were playing Halo 2 online, is like, very late in Halo 2's lifespan, I got invited by a friend one day to a server, and it was like, oh, we've come up with this mode. Like, people have come up with this mode, and, like everyone's camped in a room and they got BRs and there's one guy with a sword trying to get in like oh when a player on the side gets killed it's like okay you have to swap to his team swords only it's like huh it's like yeah 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 and it's like time splitters had this <laughs> and it's like yeah. Halo the community invented it and then in the next game it's like there's like oh yeah we got this new mode and it's like hmm man it's funny to trace this little lineage because yeah it was like it was funny playing all these games growing up and kind of them gradually inventing zombie mode. Yeah. One by one. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, that came later, history but... repeating itself as they suddenly realize it's really fun to just have one guy be a zombie. <laughs> and it's really funny how much of that predates, like, how big the zombie genre then eventually became, like, after, like, what? Zack Snyder's Dawn of the Dead and 28 Days Later. Right, yeah. yeah. It was 2004. Yeah. It was right around that time, yeah. right when it started yeah, out. exactly. <laughs> It was the zombie craze that was like when it was kicking off and it would be about 2009 where people were starting to feel a little uh, tired of it. But it kept well, going. Well, yeah. Uh, Undead Nightmare, I think, is the point where it's people are like, yeah, this is... I, there's, a, there's a general malaise period of like five years from 2009 to 2014 where zombie games kept coming out and people going, aren't we sick of zombies yet? And the figures all said no, but the articles kept happening. <laughs> It was funny because they, they all went into development around the time that like Left Dead blew up and it was like, zombies are the new thing, but games take five years to develop. So, whoops. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But then luckily, I mean, for luckily for zombies, I guess, you, you had The Walking Dead start in 2010 and that yeah, like, exactly. generally speaking, zombies revitalized again, even after they started to fade out. <laughs> yeah, it, just, yeah. it reinvigorated all over. And then, and then The Walking Dead game was like, oh, we can be really emotional and... Yeah. And then The Last of Us, like, the year afterwards, you know? I, yeah, I, I always forget that, that that that's technically a zombie game. Like, like <laughs> Technically, it's not the thing that you think about in The Last of Us, but that is what it is about. I yeah, guess yeah. there's a, a beautiful poetry in that they're unkillable, and they will just keep coming back. Yeah. But yeah. <laughs> and that's somehow jumping on from talking about, yeah, virus mode. What was, um, so... You know, you and mates playing Future Perfect. Did you have like a main mode? Did you have like this was the one that was like the default? We just want to play some Future Perfect. Team deathmatch on yeah. on yeah. on any Classic. of the customized. Fair enough. T- team deathmatch on any of ma- the maps that me or my friends made, and and I think that's something that I want to just mention at least is the map maker. Okay, well, yeah, we like, gotta talk about that. Okay, that here's where here's where I can get involved. So. Mm-hmm. Snake um, had wonderful anecdotes in the Team Fortress. Uh, fuck, I keep wanting to call it Team Fortress. Team Fortress. The time <laughs> I do have wonderful Team Fortress Two anecdotes, but yeah, but we can't talk about that on the podcast. Yeah. It's too good. Yeah. Um, what, hey, time sp- technically says this, but we're not doing a <laughs> Valve mini series. Um, 
Socialist too. You did have some good memories in regards to like all your corridor maps and uh, stuff. I, I, I did pick up Charlie. You said the maps me and my friends made, mm-hmm. which uh, I I was the sole map maker in my group <laughs> of friends. I was offloaded the duty of being mm-hmm. the map maker. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I I definitely. It was me and my friends, as in ninety percent me, ten percent my friends. Ah, okay. <laughs> all right. Yeah. <laughs> so. Time Split is free was where uh, Time Split is Future Perfect is where I really got into map making stuff when I was a kid because I even though I played this on I replayed this on Dolphin you know and whatever the I my original version was also the Xbox version and the reason that I bought it is because of Xbox Live and not so much playing it online multiplayer but oh I'll be able to download people's maps which never became a feature but that was the hype of shit. I'll be able to like play all these really cool, especially because this is the game that introduced you could make story maps yeah, where they were logic. almost like little, yeah, they were like little challenge modes, and it's like oh this this is really cool, and it's a shame because it never materialized, but I really did get quite decently into it. But it was funny because like I was like one of those kids who always wanted to make the most ambitious thing like possible, but like I had never quite realized like you need to make small stuff first to then kind of like work up to the big stuff. So I would just, you know, like make just giant floor plans or just stairs that went nowhere and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. Yeah, just get really creative. Like, because the, the, the tools are like, of, of, of the Time Slayers map editor are very limited in that they're, you know, snap right angles, very specific shapes. It's very but, gritty. Yeah. Which, yeah, very, very, yes, very grid based. And it's but, very but it's also, like connector heavy though. It's an improvement from TS1 and 2 where the connector types are so particular. The key yeah. thing about playing all these games back to back is that, like, Time Split is one had a map maker, and, like, in development interviews, they said the two things that we needed to get, like, the two big selling points that are going to make this different from, like, uh, uh, Perfect Dark and GoldenEye is that we need to have, like, really good bot support and a map maker because multiplayer pc games they do map stuff and this is what we want to do on consoles and it's really nice that that has carried on through all the trilogy and basically what they did with every game was that they made the map maker easier to use so the when you get to free it is really streamlined in like a really nice way you know yeah it was for a start not Opening when I opened the map maker menu after having played the map makers in TS one and two, uh, I only failed to do this just because I've been like busy lately. But I tried with all the games on this podcast. Like I would open the map maker and see in half an hour can I have a playable level with bot support, and it's yeah. always been yes. And it will definitely be yes on this one, but I just didn't have the time. And it's but I did look at the menu and I was like, oh thank god they organized the room types into fucking categories. Uh-huh. That was the worst thing about the last two games. Was the, you just had to be- look at them and hope. The best feature that it has is that you press the Z key and it just gives you a very quick 3D snapshot of what mm-hmm. the map yep. looks like. You just get yes. a little preview. Oh my god, um, yeah. And now they've added uh, physics objects, cars, yep. turrets, like little things that you can add. That was actually something I was thinking in too, was like, Man, if I had the ability to place cover, this would be great. And then I was playing, I was like, oh, oh yeah, yeah, they did add that. There yeah. it is. Mm-hmm. It's really yeah. good. No, yeah, that is. And I mean, I, Team Fortress. Which time split is four happened? See, we're talking about Team Fortress now. Just going back. Oh, yeah, always back to Team Fortress. All right, let's open I, the hammer editor. Let's talk. Oh, God. <laughs> really streamlined. So simple to use. Um, I came up, when you were talking about multiplayer stuff, I came up with the most insane 
theory that I'm now going to present on this podcast, and okay. it's now it'll be your two's to your cho- it will be your two's job to destroy my idea, which is I think that this the time splitters and Goldeneye before it really works as a split screen multiplayer game because it's so closed, like so much about CQC and closed quarters environments versus. The moment that FPS games went online, maps had to become a lot larger and a lot more like about sight lines. Because being having a single screen to yourself made screens so much of a real estate thing that that CQC stuff you don't really need it anymore. Or it's like people didn't really like it that much. Um, so I Fortnite couldn't work as a split screen game. Like, you know? And mean, Fortnite feels yes. like the the end point I f- of. I that. feel that's more of a player count issue than a screen real estate issue. Oh, no, I'm it. not saying that you have a hundred you have a hundred Fortnite screens. Uh, you get more screen no, no, real no, estate no, no, as no. people die. I'm not die. Even saying that. It's like uh, sorry, you're talk- I'm yeah. talking about the CQC <laughs> aspect, where it's like screen watching doesn't matter as much because this map is four rooms big. I'm not. I mean, yeah, there were so many screen watching arguments growing up. It's like you're watching yeah. my screens, like yeah, you can't prove it. Da, da, da. We were all shits about it, but you can't help it. It's right fucking there. I remember. <laughs> but, time, but, but time to death is like it's like really quick. Which yeah, mm. but it's I, all my kind of anecdotal anti evidence is that when me and my friends would play Halo together, it would always be even if we were like doing split screen, be like, oh, let's play Blood Gulch. Oh, let's play Sidewinder. Yeah. We, we still liked the big maps. We were still, like, hounds for, like... Because we were kids, we were impressed with, Jesus, this map is big. It's oh, yeah. It's great. It's amazing. And then we'd ramp ghosts off of tanks. Yeah, you know, Halo does undo my argument, because even in, like, even Infinite, people wanted split screen, which at that point yeah. is, like... And, we've had I mean, online... That was, a, that was a godsend during this era. Like, um, me and a friend would play, like, Perfect Dark Zero online uh, split mm. screen like we'd be in the same house and we'd go- be going online and like teaming up against people we oh, played yeah. so much cod black ops because split screen online multiplayer call of duty free which is a dog shit game we played <laughs> fucking multiplayer split screen online i don't know it's i don't think it's a bad theory but it's it uh, i, I just wondered whether because of the sort of the time to death and the smallness of like cqc it feels like a better fit for Split screens. But again, game, I, good I, game designs, good game designs. So maybe I'm just talking up my ass. So. I, 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 I feel like it just, I don't know. I don't know. I feel like my, my, my take on that is maybe it just comes down to just the evolution of game design. Yeah, exactly. Like, you know, like corridor shooters, like, you know, we're, we're in 2005 was like kind of the end of the era of corridor shooters. And then you get to 2007 and modern warfare just changes everything. Um, oh God. Though, yeah. I think even though like that, it's still a corridor shooter basically, but like oh, yeah. you said, side lines and, and the multiplayer, uh, it's so much bigger, and it just—I feel like with, with time splitters in particular, it feels like a bandwidth issue, a money issue. Oh, uh, it's a thousand percent, yeah. It's, it is the like, funniest thing that they don't try and recreate the design of Halo in any of the levels, in especially no, in the campaign not. of, like even in, um, just to kind of get back to the plot, and I guess maybe just to wrap up talking about the plot so we can. Yeah, we really I do want to just quickly bring up the one of my favorite map making anecdotes. Go ahead, and it's very like early on, but you know. There was no plan when the guy who made dust made dust. Yeah. He he made it, he threw it out, it it exploded. And it's like, this is amazing. It's like, and he kind of started thinking, okay, I gotta really work for dust too. So we spent ten minutes drawing a map on a piece of paper before making it. <laughs> and that's the most famous multiplayer map. And it was like, 
the guy thought I need to work harder on this and planned for 10 minutes. And it's like, I don't know, it's that Wild West kind of period of like learning what multiplayer map design is. And it's also the fun of playing old multiplayer games where you kind of look at it and you, it, I don't even want to say they didn't know how to make a map because they did. But it's like, yeah. the rules are the rules aren't set in stone yet. And that actually leads to some really fun stuff. Like oh, yeah. the Venice level in this game fucking blows, but it's also kind mm. of fun. It's like, it's multi-layered. <laughs> it's really confusing to navigate. It makes no goddamn sense from a mapping perspective, but it's great. Mm -hmm. It's fun. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. It's before before things before things like map design became homogenized. And, and, it, and it's really like funny because like they were so on the cutting edge of like FPS games, anyways. That like people looked at Goldeneye and said the maps in this are fantastic. How did you come up with it? And the guy can't say, oh, because I've had ten years of map making experience, because that doesn't exist. The guy was an architect, and the whole reason oh. he was the guy was hired at Rare not because of his architectural thing, was because he knew how to use an SGI workstation, which after Donkey Kong Country fucking blew up, they said, oh, all our games are going to be SGI stuff now. And they put together a team of like non-game industry people who knew how to use SGI workstations to make um, Killer Instincts. So pretty much the GoldenEye team is the Killer Instinct team. And so they all go forward, but they keep Carl Hilton, who is the architect guy, and he's designing maps pretty much all the way through till Future Perfect, so. That's crazy. That's it's really, really interesting. It's really mad. And this is yeah. like, this is before, I guess, like, I mean, we say like before, this is 2005, video games are still like, they're, 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 still, they're still a little in flux, but things are definitely still getting nailed down at this point. Yeah. But like the fact that they're like, how many, they're still, they're still using architects to design levels as opposed to level designers, professionals with decades of experience, but that's such an interesting tack to take as opposed to like, when, when, when you get nothing but video game designers designing video games, you kind of get the tunnel vision of of we all play video games. Like no, <laughs> and, and it becomes a bit like an a it becomes a bit like the AI art thing that that you just keep taking from video games, and eventually everything kind of becomes the same. You know, mm -hmm. it reminds me a lot of, and I don't know if this is apocryphal. Uh, you two might know better than me, but there was old kind of things about if you're interviewing at Nintendo, don't say you're into video games. Talk about, yeah. oh, I'm into hiking, I'm into bug collecting, I'm into this. They mm. want people who come in with like life experience because that brings kind of life into the games. Yeah, that was always Miyamoto's thing was that he likes hiring people who weren't like gamers. He like yeah, hiring people with different skills and stuff. And then initially that was just because of the fact that there were no game design schools. Like <laughs> you didn't hire people like that. You you hired programmers, but if all you did was program like you just see stuff in maths and like whatever. But they liked hiring like oh people with hobbies. Like even fucking Breath of the Wild has fishing and like cooking in it because the guy was like, well when I go hiking I like making shit from like anything that I pick <laughs> up. And that's why that is in the game. And like that's you awesome. wouldn't get you wouldn't get that purely from just a, oh, uh, well, you know, if we use these variables, and, you know, not, not, that, not to poop on, po on programmers or anything, because programmers of course, are, of are <laughs> and not every program is the same. Programmers are brilliant. But, I mean, um, it, I will drag it back to Time Splitters when I say you get a sense that they really love genre pieces. They love, they were film buffs. They, love they film. were like, yeah. they were big into pop culture. And that's why you have like all these riffs on like, things that they liked in films and it's uh, the the, the time splitters games took me around on fucking conquer's bad fur day oh which wow. is a platforming what? game for children is a oh, what, it, children. what if super mario <laughs> could swear it's like you know it's happy tree friends it's like what if yeah, something yeah. cute and cuddly was actually naughty and i hate like that i just hate like stuff that's <laughs> like that but it's full of um it's full of movie pastiche stuff it's because rare love like cinema and like you know just 
riffing on films. And again, like Tide Splitters Free is it's 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 like Conker's Bad Fur Day, but like as an FPS game, and it really yeah. works. Yeah, and it, it carries the spirit without like. This is another kind of just interesting thing about the game is that it's M, and it's like it's kind yeah. of the widest M that you you it's it's like Conker's Bad Fur Day in the way it's irrelevant, ir- ir- irreverent, insane, wacky. It, it gets weird. Um, but it, it it's also like again that's just the softest M. It's not as vulgar yeah. or disgusting. Yeah, or, I never thought of that. It is. I yeah, God, because even... it, it would have been like what a fifteen or a sixteen in the UK, but it doesn't. It, it, it's like a twelve A. It's not that. Like yeah, yeah. I and I I because when it came out, I was like, I was I don't know eleven or twelve or ten or something, and and Time Splitters two was T. So my mom let me get yeah. that. But when Time Splitters three came out and it was suddenly M. It was like, uh, wait, 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 can you, can you get this one? Am I going to get this for you? And I, I'm unashamed to say that I cried for six hours just Whoa. to get that goddamn <laughs> game I, 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 I threw a fucking fit. <laughs> In fairness, uh, just, uh, that's how I managed to get Snake on the podcast. He was, he, he, but then I cried for six hours. And he was like, oh. <laughs> it, it works, it works. No one, no one wants to see, see a person just sit there and sob. Oh, Don't yeah, do no, anything no, no. It's it's really funny. I'm now remembering like my parents would not get me the um, they wouldn't get me this like bloody sports game when I was a kid. Oh, like Blood Brawl. Death Row. Death Row. They wouldn't get me Death Row because they saw on the back of the box swearing. But then they bought me Postal Two without question when I was like (laughs) ten, eleven. My I remember one of my clearest. I say clearest memories, but it was like when I was ten. Um, I bought a PC and, well I, well, I didn't buy a PC. I was 10, I didn't have anything. <laughs> okay, so when I was a child, I used to I used to use my dad's old Macintosh. Like, and that had no games on it. because Well, they say it had no games, it had Marathon. But it didn't have games on it. And then I was like, I really want a, I really want a personal computer so I can use art programs and, you know, maybe play games on it. It's like, okay, fair enough. And then we got a PC World, which is like a chain of, like, it's it's a big box piece. It's, uh, the, it's where store. Gary Glitter got busted. Yeah, famous. <laughs> oh, not not just really? Gary. Was it wait? Was it Gary Glitter or was it Pete Townsend from the Who? No, Gary Glitter turned his PC into PC World to have it repaired, and they found uh, questionable materials. Yeah, they found terabytes of pictures. <laughs> of yeah. Sorry, yeah. It's just whenever PC store? World is mentioned, that's like top of my fucking that's your, brain. That's your go-to. Yes. <laughs> that's your auto-complete. Whenever. I would not buy anything from PC World. It's overpriced rubbish, but they Oh, bust- no, exactly. But at the time, we didn't have any better. But he oh, takes yeah. me to PC World and we buy a graphics card and he goes, right, what's the, what's the game to get for it? And this was like... Oh, no, so I must have been 11. So this was when Grand Theft Auto Vice City came out to PC and I was like, Dad, you got to get this game. It's the best. And he just looks at it and he goes, it's an, eight, and he looks, it's an 18, but then he looks at the back of the box and he goes, oh, it's because it's set in the 80s. <laughs> 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 Everything from the eighties is just. <laughs> I can see his understanding though. It's just like, well, nobody under the age, nobody under the age of eighteen is gonna in, like fucking get it. I don't nobody, know. I think my, I, my I, son hasn't know, seen Miami Vice. You know your bat dad better than I do, but I think your dad was just creating an excuse because he wanted Vice City. Oh no, 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 he didn't give it. No, I didn't particularly like video games, but he was uh, also he didn't particularly care about like you know questionable serial and stuff. He was just sort mm-hmm. of like whatever mm-hmm. if it's. If it's that bad, I'm sure you'll tell me. But um, yeah, and that was my first GCA game, and that's why my sister has like. But all I, I didn't shoot anybody. All I used to do was just drive around in that game, listen to the radio, I and have, do stunts. I have another, <laughs> have have another weird memory. Get haircuts. <laughs> I, have, yeah. I, I have another really weird parent memory. It's my mum. Like, I don't know why, but one day she told me, "Oh, 
I was like six or seven. I was really young, and she just told me, oh, yeah, there's this game that came out, and, like, you can smash up shops, and you can throw... <laughs> You know, throw stuff through windows and start fires and do all this. And I'm like six or seven. And I'm getting really excited and I'm like, can I have it? And she's like, no. And I just, no. a child brain just thought, my child brain just instantly pegged. Why did you tell me about it then? <laughs> what are you doing yes. to me? Why would you do this? I just actually realized, I think my dad was maybe more pro GTA anyways, because I remember showing him Ocarina of Time once. And he sees like Link in like a Kakori Forest or whatever it is, full of like the little kids. You know something you go, and even though I'm like nine at the time, he goes, "Well, a bit soft, isn't it?" <laughs> <laughs> so I think he was hoping the GCA Vice City would come along to be like, "Ah, there we go." I'm imagining your game. I'm imagining your dad now is like just smoking a smoking a cigarette, going, "Don't want my son growing up to be a fairy. <laughs> I don't want him to live in a forest with a green hat on." It's like that. <laughs> get him this, get him to be his man's game. Yeah, men in the eighties, they were real. <laughs> yeah, fucking nothing soft in the eighties. <laughs> uh, unfortunately, my dad was a dork. I mean, he did give me a Macintosh as a child. So yeah. It's like, oh, Douglas um, Adams owns these. Oh yeah, that's true. Uh, my yeah. dad met. Um, my, I, I told I told you the story before, Snape, but he met um, uh, Scott. I was about to call him fucking Scott the Was. <laughs> <laughs> He met he met one of the St- I think he I don't think he ever met Jaws, but he met Steve Wozniak, who was like one of the oh, founders wow. of Apple. Because um, when he worked for British Telecom, they were working on something which was like you can plug it you could plug it through the modem into like a Macintosh. And he was working with a guy who was just like a slick salesman guy. And this American with a beard comes over and asks him about it. And this and the fucking guy just goes over and starts schmoozing. My dad's looking at him like you're you're a moron. That's that's fucking Steve Wozniak. He knows what these computers are. <laughs> you don't have to explain what an Apple II is to Steve Wozniak. Oh. <laughs> uh, Time split is future perfect though. No, yeah, what, what, what are you doing? What are you talking about? What are you talking about? I'm just trying to think of like if there's anything else to mention. We have Actually, been on the muse- we have been not museum, the mansion level for about five hours now. We've been I, uh, every topic. Snake, I, I called you Jacob Crow earlier. Well, I called you YouTube's Jacob yeah, Crow. Yeah, because you know about my wishes for immortality. You have famously said I'm not planning on dying, so you and yeah. Jacob Crow. What what are our opinions on Jacob Crow? Because I he's weird, because he kind of toes the line of like a rare style mustache twirling kind of cartoon villain but he does fit for times what is it i i really like jacob crow i think he's a fun villain I, yeah i kind of wish there was a bit more done with him but i also just love that it's like you said the cutscene that always cracks you up where he meets his younger self it's like grandpa and it's like he has to explain to his younger self look i slaved my whole life to make this fucking have it and do this <laughs> and like, and yeah puts it in his mouth <laughs> it's just a really funny. Oh yeah, press the red button. <laughs> and he does. No, like, no, that one. And again, like he has like a really funny. Like again, if this was like Halo, even though he was the fucking guy called in Halo Two who gives Chief the medals. Um, are you talking about Johnson? No, no, no. no. Right at the beginning, the guy Miranda who wears keys. And... Not Miranda. He's the guy right at the beginning who goes, Chief. What do you think? What do you think you're doing? Yeah, send it, send it back the package or whatever it is. Oh, I can't remember. <laughs> I don't know you're talking about. Board. I can't remember the name. Yeah, it, I think he has like a weird name, like General Gross or like General like awful. It's Not something great. weird. General but, awful. Yeah, but he looks like Jacob Crow, and you can imagine if this was a more serious game that like Jacob Crow would be like, I, I want immortality. I'm going to take over. The-. But the fact that he sounds like an old fucking prospect, like he sounds, he sounds like Grandpa Simpson. He's great. Yeah. <laughs> He's, yeah. 
I, I think he's like he. I, I agree with Snake. I think there. I think there could have been more done with him. That's, that's yeah. I, yeah. I, I just feel like like there's he he's there. There are moments of 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 he he was like one rewrite one rewrite away from being a really good video game villain. Or even like much like this podcast, this game feels like it maybe needed like another two hours in it, or like it yeah. just needed extra levels where we could see more crow. Maybe go back to some weird type, like go maybe like go to the Aztecs again, or go to like yeah. Chicago again, you know, and just see what this guy's up to, you know? Yeah, yeah, because like because with with the whole time traveling element of the plot, like I feel like he he maintains he's a consistent villain throughout. Yeah, and I feel like if 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 you meshed him a bit more with the time traveling premise of making him kind of different in each of the levels, and you know you see him at different ages at the very least, um, yeah. which, which is a, a, a good thing to do and a good way to do it. And I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say they made bad calls with Crow, but I, I just, they, they could have done a little bit more here and there to, to flesh yeah. it out. But, but I do think he 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 makes me laugh enough, <laughs> and the fact that his last fucking line is just Rosebud. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's so stupid, but I love it. It's, it's just, as like, yeah, and, like, one rewrite, and it's, like, there's disparate bits of, like, a character there, but you never really get this sense of, like, is he an idiot? Is he... What's what's quite... Because he makes jokes which are, like, oh, he's a bit dim-witted, he's a bit on Cortez's level, and Cortez feeds him the plot, and, like, it's a stable time loop where Cortez, by trying to stop this guy, act, starts <laughs> everything, and then da 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 But it's like, how stupid is he? Because he does the grandpa bit, and he's a little bit naive and wet behind the ears, but I don't... It just needs a little bit more to, like, really solidify what his deal is beyond he's kind of dumb and he wants immortality. Yes, yeah. yes. And they never really explain why he wants to live forever, I guess, other than just the appeal of, I don't have to die. Yeah. He's a villain. <laughs> yeah. he's, willing, he's willing to become a giant slug mech to do it. <laughs> yeah, he's willing to turn into a doom-free enemy in order to live forever. But they, cut his, they cut his hands off. Like, his hands are just metal nubs. And why are they nubs? How does that help you, bro? What are you doing yeah. there? <laughs> I mean, I guess he's got enough things on the back half of him that they could probably function as hands but it is a cool design though it feels very like kind of you know i also do feel like that is the one boss fight just to ring the boss fight bell one more time i think that's the one boss fight that isn't completely terrible oh well the one where you fight him in the mansion which is under the ground oh no no the 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 one where uh just just the the second to last one and the last one where he's got weak points around him oh yeah you have to disable his points it's funny that one bugged for me um we're jumping ahead (laughs) to the final boss but the, it, it just wigged out and like the first half took ages because like it wouldn't trigger and then the second half I shoot all of them and he's like not stopping and then he stops and like basically the game is you shoot all of his weapons they break and then his weak point opens up on his back but there's like five Cortezes stun locking him to death so the second phase was just over instantly <laughs> oh damn <laughs> yeah. like, he just, I just kind of this is a room full of Cortez just shooting an old man in the ass until he dies <laughs> six Vin Diesel's just unloading on this poor mech yeah the funny oh, thing is, is that I don't want to go back to talking about the story because there's not really enough to pull out anymore. Apart should from I, should, should, do you want me to just quickly, like, just speed run the plots? Should we just quickly I, speed yeah, run and we'll just, talk about whatever uh, we want? Yeah, so, I mean, all I want to mention from the eugenics level, which we've already said is like a perfect dark spy-fi, you know, secret lab kind of thing. It's just there's one joke at the end which I really... Uh, there's just one joke at the end which I really like, which is just... Uh, it, there's like a robot next to him and he goes, Cortez, does that look familiar? Oh yeah, it's a robot from 200 years ago. Who cares? And it's like, 
Yeah, but you're you're four hundred years ago, Cortez, and it's like, oh yeah, oh, let's go two hundred <laughs> years in the future. <laughs> I do uh, like um I do like Cortez like brain jacking that robot. I like the robot. Yeah, character. that's neat. It's cute. Mm-hmm. Like, genuinely, I think Captain Ash is like because I remember playing through it and I was like, oh, Captain Ash is annoying. All the companions are going to be annoying, and then never being annoyed again by yeah. like any of them. Even yeah, when yeah. the robot turns into the evil robot from Knights of the Old Republic and just yeah, wants yeah. to shoot brainy people. <laughs> your mama was a your your mama was a trash compactor. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, just stupid little one liners, man. It's good. And it's funny because the future section starts off feeling like Terminator, which makes sense because for yeah. some reason the time travel rules of Time Splitters also seems to be Terminator. They can't it always see- ends, yeah. Yeah, they can't send, like, a bomb back in time, or they can't send back vehicles, but they can seem to send people back in time, and this robot for some reason, but whatever. <laughs> you know what, that's actually that. my favourite kind of weird story lore thing, because there are levels about this in Time Splitters 2 where you go to the robot factory, and there's allusions to the robot war. And it's yep. just, I kind of love that just at some point in humanity's history... There's just a fucking robot war, and it's not actually that important. It's just, yeah. <laughs> like, it's just something that happened. And, One of and, the there was a, and there was a robot war that happened long after we had a retro future, like meeting with aliens and having a war with them. And then suddenly we decided, no, we're going to have a lot more of a gritty and grounded war after that with robots. You'd think, yeah, you'd think the robots would come before the aliens. You would <laughs> We out the alien problem, then we decided to make our own. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, Robot Factory level's good. It's better than the Robot Factory level in two, but oh, that's Christ not too yeah. hard, I guess. There's nothing yeah. in this series that's as bad as, uh, outside of some really bullshit Arcade League stuff, as bad as the fucking Robot Factory. I distinctly mm-hmm. remember the Robot Factory from TS2. Just, I just remember being mad. Yeah, <laughs> it's, just, it's just a rage-inducing level. God. <laughs> it's um, just horrible. <laughs> But I mean, yeah, you hey, finish. They, they bring oh, sorry, the ahead. sci-fi pistol, and uh, the bullets don't bounce anymore. Which, unless you want them to, unless yeah, you want you can you can turn that feature off, which is really nice. Yeah, so that's good. It has the weapon selector from Half Life Two. That's something that they took from. Half-Life. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The more you guys are pointing this stuff out, the more I'm just realizing that this game is just six other games, <laughs> but which but six the- other but six other games thrown into a, a, a blender of insanity. Maybe that's why like, it looked like it was going to be a video game parody in the trailers, because it was like, we've done the films, we've done our own story, and then Time Splitters 4 is going on to that. It's like, video games have landed, now we're going to be the video game pastiche. Yeah. Maybe, come out, maybe it would have been in a perfect position, because it was just Halo had come out, that was a big event. Time Splitters 4, maybe that's what this fucking podcast is going to be now. Time Splitters just... 4 would be rubbish if it was like parodying the FPS games of that time, or like the shoes of that you... time, because you literally only had... World War Two or sci-fi. So the thing that I met, I com- initially complained about this being like, you only have the 1960s, then the sci-fi stuff. That's basically that, but like made even worse because you I only get, have. I get what you mean. Yeah, it might have been in popular terms. I don't know. You've got if it's parodying, if it wants to be a Half-Life thing, you have uh, Half-Life is 90, 1999, 1998. Like in a factory, I guess. Or yeah, something. and then you have Doom, and that. You have Doom and you have Quake and you have all that and you can go any you can go a lot Ooh, of places. Assassin's Creed would be good. Like imagine going back to like the Renaissance, but you have guns. Oh damn, yeah. that'd be sick. Oh, <laughs> there you go. Yeah. You could have there a lot go. of parodies about assassins. I can imagine Cortez cracking off a few jokes about the assassins. 
Oh, what if like enemies are like hopping out of like um, bales of straw and they're just Bro, like- okay. Now, now we're getting into a thing where me being a huge fan of Time Splitters on my phone right now, I have a note written probably about eight years ago of my whole version of Time Splitters Four. Oh, like, oh wow! <laughs> okay, okay. I have a whole. I'm sure you guys could pitch various things, but that's that's two different things. We don't got to talk about my fake version of Time Splitters Four, but there, there's I think the we fact do that now. there is. <laughs> we we might have to. It's going to have. It's going. Time Splitters Four is going to exist. Like it's happening. Like David Ellis, the the Doke Ellis, uh, the fucking all these people. They've been so. We did talk about this on, I think, the TS2 episode, but yeah, so Embracer Group have reformed Free Radical and put Doak and Ellis like, back in charge, and the they have said Time Splitters 4 is what is next. So that is like, and, and just that's so, I like, just, just, uh, aside from the fact that I'm so excited to see the series back, I hope it's good, I hope it lands, I hope it, you know, whatever. Yeah. But, but I have never in my whole life seen in this industry a studio get shuttered shuttered completely and then and then come back from the grave with the exact same name and the exact same people has that ever happened it's, no I, I, it's a big stroke of luck and I'm, i don't recall it anywhere else they'll probably be it's comments just insane. Yeah. it's like so amazing that this is happening and and, and I'm, I'm just so i feel so blessed that like this is like my favorite series and it's happening to me <laughs> it's funny because the question would be like what where did they go like do you build on what free did or do you kind of like remake two but bigger like it's well, ha, ha, it's a lot of there's a lot of juice there's a lot of there's a lot of places they could go with it you know have you guys seen the original concept art and footage for yeah four? so there's joe beth cassidy like dresses a nun with a chainsaw and so it was gonna the, be like a level where you go the, for a, the wild west level like no what, what was that oh, it was it was a uh, wild west but combined with the future it was so, like this oh, is what it, this is what i want to so, okay all right, Snake. Quick, get it. All right, plot, give us the plot really quickly because I want to get to the. Uh, you got to. Okay, all right, all right. Okay. Yeah, 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 no, we're, go, we're, we're going on long. I know these all episodes right, are like an hour. Right, right, so that's fine. That's fine. That's fine. To talk about whatever we want. So, Cortez just got off his mission with the fucking time crystals. Goes, goes back to base. Gets told, oh, we found a way to track residue of where these crystals been used. We can send you back. So he hasn't even had time to sit down, but he doesn't give a shit. He's fucking Cortez. He's out. He's going. He's good to go. He, set, he goes back to 1924, he meets Captain Ash, they, uh, they raid this island, and then in a room underneath the island, but not very much underneath the island, he finds this old man, and when he spots him, he's like, ah shit, and he time warps out of there, and Quiz is like, whoa, where did he go? Find a picture. Goes to 1969 following him, meets, meets Harry Tipper. And Harry Tipper is meeting, with Cal is meeting with Kalos, who is this other side character who's Harry Tipper's arch rival, because... God, there's a lot going on in this universe. But, but that was all established in TS1 yeah. and TS2, so it's fine. It's all yeah. good. From there, we kind of, we unravel that plan. We stop the world from getting nuked. And we head to the mansion level, which we've been kind of on for ages, which is 1994. You find, a, you find another Casey. picture of Kalos meeting younger Kalos, and it says 1990 or something like that. Uh, um, Crow meeting Kalos. But yeah. yeah, sorry, Crow meeting yeah. Kalos, yeah. Um, we go to the mansion, we raid that, we go to the basement, we find out about his weird zombie experiments, which you've pointed out, that's the earliest iteration of Time Splitters. It's all coming mm -hmm. together. We go out, we escape the mansion as it explodes. Outside, Crow is, a, a young Crow, who we're trying to intercept, is met by his older self, who yep. tells him the plan. Hey, have this, you're gonna, I've spent my whole life making this, use it. 
And from there, you go into 2052 and you you get engaged in a bit of cyberpunk kind of corporate warfare with a character called Amy Chen. Um, this level is kind of the robot level. It's a bit more hackery. You've got a few stealth yep. mechanics and you go into the basement again. Um, <laughs> they're doing illegal it. experiments. Yep, they're doing illegal experiments. And this leads to you going forward into the robot wars. Yes. And in you... You go through this Terminator future, you break into a building, you go into a basement, <laughs> and, and you find time splitters. Tons of time splitters in yeah, millions of time splitters. Yep. And I can't remember if it's at this point that you give him the plot. You kind of like, you meet Crow. No, you like, give him the plot in the eugenics level. Okay. I mean, that's kind of, okay, right. So I'm, I've skipped ahead a bit. That's fine. Yeah. It's fine. Yeah. It's fine. It's all good. You give him the. You cut. Cortez confronts him. He doesn't quite know what's going on, and Cortez says, "Well, you're going to do all this stuff," and he's like, "Huh, that's a good idea." And then, and then his younger him. self turns yeah. up at the time, and he goes, oh, no, no, "You don't have to tell me." <laughs> and then yeah. walk away. Yeah, he knows everything. It's very, very good. And then <laughs> I can't exactly remember why, but Cortez pieces together. What's actually going on was back in 1924 on that island beneath it. You go back there and you take a submarine and you've got your robot buddy with you now. <laughs> and you go deep down in a submarine into this hidden city. And yes. uh, then you're going through there and you run into a meeting with Crow or one of his cronies saying, hey, go kill Cortez. He's going to stop us with a big picture of fucking Mr. Universe Cortez. <laughs> Mr. Space. Yeah. I'm, I, I'm, I, I just want to say, I just want to say, I'm really offended that I was never able to play as Mr. Universe Banana Hammock Cortez. Oh, that would have been yeah. so good. That should be like the 100% unlock is. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mr. Like, God. hey, here's your reward for 100%. It's fucking Mr. Universe Cortez. Um, then you get a level which I remembered this being so much cooler in my head as a kid. At the beginning of the game, like after you complete the level and you go into the human resistance base, you it cuts it? to a shot of a hooded figure with Cortez's eyes, and you instantly go, That's fucking Cortez. There's no <laughs> twist. There's no biscuits could be nobody else. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but then you play the first level again, but you're defending yourself, and it's yeah. kind of shit. Yeah, <laughs> you're, you're giving it's a cool stuff. idea in concept, <laughs> but um, it's not. Yeah. There's a lot of bits which aren't super fun to engage with. I remember yeah, it being yeah, cool yeah. as a kid, but I kind of played it. It's so weird. It kind of comes out of nowhere. Like Cortez kind of goes down there, and he's like, "Oh, they're gonna kill me." And then he just kind of goes forward, makes sure that doesn't happen, and comes back. It feels so weirdly like, okay, all right, we set this up. We have to do it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> And then that's level 13, Future Perfect, 1924. And you go and you stop Kalos. And uh, there's a really funny shot. I just really love this where... So, you stop Kalos. The time splitters are eradicated. The future is perfect. There's no grammatical errors in this future whatsoever. And <laughs> no, it's so fine. You're all in the human base. And everyone is like stood in front of this window and like, we did it. We saved the world. And then they all turn, look out the window... And there's a big five second delay before it changes and it goes from like a desert wasteland to a big lush forest. <laughs> and everyone's like, good work, Cortez. And he's like, yeah, I did it. So I want to say, say a fun fact about that. That wasn't, so the Jacob Crow boss fight right at the end and that wasn't originally in the game. EA asked them to add that. And the reason was because we might want to do a time splitters four, so leave things open. That didn't really? feel very open. 
That's no, because it feels like a definitive end to time splitting. So, so wait, 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 wait. What, 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 what do you mean by that? Because yeah, what you're describing the 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 ending feels very definitive. What 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 did he ask to put in to? So so they said have because the original ending was it wasn't going to be fighting Jacob Crow. It was going to be fighting wave after wave of time splitters in oh. the style of like the end of Halo Reach, where you're just like constantly shoot yeah. like trying to stay alive. Um. And then originally, I think it was going to be like, well, that's it. That's all the time split is eliminated. We're done. The time split stuff is still kind of left up in the air at the end of time split. It's great. Apart from from Jacob Crow is dead. It's funny. Mm -hmm. I will. I haven't read all this. I meant to. I kind of. I. If there's one thing I really regret for this episode, it's. So there's this, um, which is, an early. I linked it in the. in the oh, is it the chat. plots? Yeah, is the yes. early version of the plot. This yeah. is the this is oh. an early version of the Time Splitters Free story framework. So, what? Yeah, dates yeah. are a little bit different for the episodes. Je- this I think this isn't the Wild West. This is when they had everything locked in. Yes, um, but they hadn't specified all the details. This is crazy. Yeah. So, <laughs> so Jacob Crow barely isn't really much of it. Like that was like a very late addition, which I think was like a doke idea. There's none of the Cortez hopping back in time and helping himself stuff. That was really late as well. Mostly what's locked in is that they knew the kind of time periods they wanted to go to. Oh, yeah, the intro stuff with um, him, you know, in the orange uh, wars and stuff. None of that is in the game, like, mm-hmm. in the story treatment. It's it's really interesting. It's, like, that really neat so... how much changed. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for sending me that. I, I, I really want to read through this. This is super cool. I'm That's gonna fine. I'm gonna kinda spoil the ending though, because you're it's funny you're saying EA demanding because oh we want this to be open-ended, we want ability for a time split is four, but let me just fucking read the ending um yeah, sure. of this. Do so it. concluding cutscene. The cutscene begins with Cortez arriving back in the subpen of the castle. He uses up Link to tell Anya to get him home. She opens a portal for him and he leaps through it, arriving back at the Freedom Fighters HQ in 2401. Anya and the General are there, along with a number of soldiers defending the base as well as they possibly can from Time Splitters. Many soldiers are dying. Cortez joins in this fight, shooting as many creatures as possible. He glances down at the timer on his uplink, which is set to count down to the moments until the mining site explodes. There are only seconds left. He is shot, yet carries on fighting. Suddenly the action pauses and the screen fades to a brilliant white. An explosion sound is heard from Nemo, maybe with a shot of the mining site blowing up. By destroying the crystals, the war of the Time Splitters has stopped before it even began, as Crow made the Time Splitters using the Time Crystals, and both threats have now been eliminated. Ripples could show the war-torn areas becoming areas of greenery with no signs of conflict. Cortez, Anya, and the General are then shown living totally different lives, free of war. Maybe the former pair could be kissing in a jungle Golden Eye style. <laughs> <laughs> then, post-credits cutscene. Finally, after the credits have rolled, a very brief cutscene could begin, which starts by scrolling through the Time Splitter lab from the Ultranet HQ in 2401. Ooh. This is an element that isn't quite there anymore. Inside the lab could be a large glass tube, or maybe a number of large glass tubes, holding the final Time Splitter creatures created by Crow before he was killed. Many of these will be dead following Cortez's conflict with them. However, one could still be alive. This cutscene could finish with the text, Time Splitters will return? Mm. Man. And that's funny, because both Time Splitters 1 and 2 end in the credits with time splitters will return not of a question mark definitive this one would be time splitters will return question mark and obviously mm. early draft but 
Yeah, it's very what? funny because I even remember Man. talking to you, James, is like, I wonder if the credits will do time splitters will return. And they didn't. Yeah. <laughs> actually, I, I did misread that, but it's good that we went on that. Yeah, EA said cut. No, it, actually, EA did say to cut that because they weren't sure if they wanted to do a four depending oh, on the sales. So they were the opposite. They were like, Make yeah, they, they said cut that because we don't know how the sales are going to pan out. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Damn. The ones who fucked them. <laughs> um, just to just to briefly mention the credits. Um, so it is Cortez dancing on his own in a disco, which feels very. It feels like there should be hundreds of characters in there, and I was wondering. Yeah. <laughs> that was the exact fucking thing. I was like, I was like, the first five seconds, I was like, this is awesome, this is hilarious, and then it was like. This is very lonely. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and, and the way that the camera friends. is placed is that it's meant, it looks like it's trying to show like crowds of people, but it's just yeah. him on his own. So again, I I was like, oh, do you have to like unlock those? But I don't think that. Um, playing this game through Dolphin at 1080p, um, they have photoshopped Graham Norgate onto a black guy with an afro, which is really, they 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 photoshopped black faced Graham Norgate. What? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you. <laughs> What? Yeah, that's, that's that that black guy on the cover of the of the album sleeve. That it's is Graham blackface Graham Norgate. <laughs> oh my gosh! This is why I said they did him dirty after all the great music that he composed. <laughs> they photoshops him as a black guy. I mean, it it, it has to be. It has to be. It won't be it won't be the upload image for this, but it'll be on the Twitter post. But it will have to be posted. People will need to be held accountable for what they have done. <laughs> there's got to be there's one person out there that Graham Norgate is mad as fuck about. Yeah, when this episode gets up, I'll get like a I'll get like quote tweeted by him being just like. The, the fucking wokeies are trying to cast. I, 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 I have been fired from the new free radical. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think it was him. I mean, that would imply that he oh, did God. it to himself. Which, you know, I was about to say, oh. God, do, do you think this is fox it? Like, now that I've mentioned this, they're not going to make any more Time Splitters games. All right, because, yeah, we like, got to cut all this. Oh, <laughs> fuck. You oh, did it. You, you cut, it. Cut, cut the show. Cut the show. Cut, cut. Cut the, cut the flakes, cut the flakes. Um, I, don't, I don't want to say the sentence, but now I have to say it because it's very two best friends play podcast title. We have to ignore blackface to get Time Splitters 4. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'll, put, I'll put that quote somewhere. I'll put it on there. Yeah, just, yeah, just throw that one out of context. That'll get people like, what the hell did he mean God. by this? I'm learning so much new stuff. I do want to quickly. I, I just want to quickly mention though, because just right at the end of the game, and it's just that little bit, which is the thing that you mentioned earlier—the fact that they were doing the Wild West, but it was with sci-fi elements. I really love the final level of this game because, again, I mentioned the fact that it's Terminator rules, which means that they can't bring back like actual technology, or they can kind of bring back as people. So what they've essentially done is like, let's bring back future knowledge of how to make robots and stuff like that. And then just try and build it out of old-fashioned text. So when you mentioned the submachine gun earlier that had like tubes and stuff on it, like it it's it's steampunk, but it's like done in a really cool and there's a lot like your robot buddy says, Oh, it's one of my ancestors when you meet one of like the old rope. And it's it's like Bioshock, but like four years or two years before Bioshock came out. It's like mm -hmm. this is so neat. And it's like if they ever made another time split is because they've done, like, defined time periods now. Like, maybe they should do more. Like, go to places that they didn't, like... Oh, yeah. Stone Age would be cool. Renaissance yes. would be cool. 
the different... options are fucking limitless. Yeah. But if they start doing time blended stuff, that'd be dope. Like, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, and I mean, the, the, the Planet X mission is like you know very much in, in two is very much like fake. There's no real reference for that, and so like it, it's yeah, exactly it, from what I've seen from Time Splitters Four, it does seem like they were just getting really broad and creative and strange. Yeah. and I, I just I so hope that's what they do, man. I hope it's good. I hope the new one is I good. Mean, they better, they the better bring back Tom yeah, Clark Hill. Spirit, like oh, we, yeah. I think all of us, we want to pick up Time Splitters Four and we want to feel like no time has passed. Yes. It's like yeah. it's still there, like. This is picking up where it left off, mm-hmm. but it's gonna be like, and that—that's a big thing to ask, though. And, that, that, and that's, yeah. I'm gonna go in. I'm probably gonna watch like the reveal trailer, and I'm going to cry like a baby, and then I'm not gonna watch anything else. I'm not gonna watch any other footage. That's the be- that is the best way to go into it. Yeah, just see see what happens, see where it lies, because, yeah. and just hope that it does well. And actually, like years on, everyone kind of realized this game. This game was great. This I. <laughs> I'm gonna bet on this new one being great. I, I don't even know what to say to it because that is to me the weird tragedy of this series, which is one kind of a beta. It's not really too. They didn't really get too screwed. They were following the rules. They had to make a release. Like it had to be. Console came out. Game was here with it, and they knew what they wanted to focus yeah. on. It. What they wanted the mo- the multiplayer was the most important thing for them, and they wanted bots and they wanted the map maker. Single player was kind of like an afterthought, but they had to do it. You know. Yeah. Time Splitters 2, brilliant game. As you said, not enough copies. Eidos just didn't know what they had, didn't know what to do with it. And then, yeah, Future Perfect. They got a, they got just ruined by Goldeneye, like a specter of their past <laughs> kind of came out of the woodwork and EA went, yeah, we're, we're, we're going on the James Bond money and James Bond was just shit for years. <laughs> just... Absolutely terrible games. They never like they had Goldeneye and then um, Nightfire was good. And I like Nightfire. Yeah, Empire, um, yeah, it's, it's like, funny. Like with the James Bond games, it's like up, up and down, up and down. Because right after 007 Goldeneye, they did um, the world is not enough for the N64, and it's like they're trying to do Deus Ex on the N64, but it just does. They they haven't got enough buttons. They haven't got enough RAM. It just doesn't work. Nightfire is great. Agent Under Fire is great. Every everything or nothing is great. Yeah. Quantum of Solace is okay. Is how no, it's, 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 it's very, 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 very C minus. Yeah, yeah, it's a C minus. Was Quantum called Everything or Nothing, or am I remembering wrong? Yeah, Everything or Nothing is the last EA one. There's a GameCube oh, okay. one, right, too. Yeah, oh, sorry, it's not the last EA one because they also did From Russia with Love. They got fucking Sean yeah, Connery out of, of the old folks' home to record audio. <laughs> For that game. That's always oh, the one I, I I always saw footage for it. That was a third person one, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's right. And it's made by the Dead Space guys. So, well, what? before they were, well, well, of course, the, well, so the Dead Space guys they just did nothing but like uh, movie licensed games until they did Dead Space. So is this that's visceral. Why, yeah, visceral. Sorry. Yeah, they used to be Redwood, and they did all the Lord of the Rings games and uh, the Godfather games. Hey, I have a soft spot hey, for those fucking weird Godfather games. Yeah. <laughs> Godfather One was a genuinely good sandbox. It's it's decent. Yeah, I I, I uh, remember I played Godfather One on the Wii. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's a very different experience on the Wii. I I I had um I had Godfather One on Xbox 360. You want to know the weirdest thing? And I might have said this before on the podcast. You want to know the weirdest goddamn thing about Godfather One on the Xbox 360? That is the first time I have ever seen microtransactions for in-game currency. 
in a game. <laughs> you, really? could you could exchange Xbox Live points for in-game money. That was, what was, the, what was, the, what was the conversion game. rate like? I yeah, what? shit. Not <laughs> <laughs> terrible. I just I, and I remember what looking at that, and I must have been twelve, thirteen, maybe a bit older, definitely older. But I just thought I thought that's a ripoff. That's dumb. This will never catch on. <laughs> I've heard it's coming back. I, I've heard it's coming back as a crypto alternative. Oh, now that'd that be a good racket. Now that FTX is down, people are actually they they're converting their money into. Um, Godfather, Godfather points, whatever it's called. What, 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 what are the Godfather, uh, the Godfather money? Well, I'll tell you this: the in-game <laughs> currency point. in the Godfather game is US dollars. <laughs> oh, so it's. <laughs> yeah. But do they it's, all have like? Do they all have like Michael Corleone's face on them? I'm gonna say, James. <laughs> I think you've. I think you're overestimating here. There was no multiplayer component. I'm talking just in-game money. Yeah, that no, you could no, get no, for, for single, doing yeah, the activities. Yeah, it's like if you yeah. just want to like buy a house quicker in fucking Godfather, like you could use your own money. Well, it really Jeez, is like crypto God, and so uh, metaverse stuff, isn't it? Amazing. <laughs> yeah, maybe maybe those guys were ahead of their fucking time. I don't know. Maybe they really were. Um, there's, uh, yeah. Is there any last like notes about Cyberpunk? I'll just say, Charlie, you have turned me around on this game in regards to. <laughs> no, this is actually pretty good. I still like Time Splitters two more, but now this. This game is really good at what it does. It's just that there is so much more to it that not everything lands the same as like TS2 does, but that's just kind yeah. of personal taste, I think. And the fact that I had played games like Future Perfect before because, you know, it has a campaign kind of more like Halo. It has like Half-Life 2 stuff. TS2 I had never played before and it is such its own thing. But this is really good at what it does. You know, this is excellent. So. Yeah. Yeah, I totally agree. I, I, I think, and I do not begrudge anybody for preferring Time Splitters two over Time Splitters three because, like you said, I think it is the tighter experience. It's like it's it's just got it's it's throwing less at the wall. But I I cool. admire Time Splitters Future Perfect just so much for everything that it put in it. it it's it's so fucking ambitious. You even look it, at it now today. There is no game that's come out in the last five years that I can think that is fifty dollars that has the amount of content that this game has. I cannot think of almost like. Any other game that it has that gives you what this game gives you, and on top of just that, you know, bang for your buck. I just think I love the story, I love the characters, I love the world, I love the irreverence, I love the tone, just everything about it. Just just lines up with me, and I think it's I, despite the fact that playing through it again, I I, I can see its age, and I can definitely like see that <laughs> there are levels that make you want to die. Um, but <laughs> it, it's even even with that age, I think. I think it still holds up as as one of the greats for me personally. I I'm, I'm gonna reiterate what we said because like, j it's funny like, everything that James went oh I like TS2 more than Future Perfect. It's like it's purely um, relative because yeah. you also said and I also agree with this. If this was any other series, this would be the best entry in it. Oh yeah, but you put it next to this other game that I love, and it's like huh, there's something not quite there, and I'm. And I came in with like childhood memories and where I had two, you had Future Perfect, Charlie. So we had like kind of the opposite ends of it. And I just, but I just remember thinking, oh, Future Perfect was great. Like I didn't play it as much, but da -da -da. playing it right off to two and then clicking and it's like, oh yeah, I see what James is getting at here. It's just it's a little something. It's like you put a little less kind of spice into something. And you just kind of notice there's a little less kick. But it's, it's 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 different mixtures of all the spices. Yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah. Both, both, both of the soups are really tasty, but someone's gonna prefer the other one over the other. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. a better way of putting it. And it and it's one of those things that like is a game worse for having a 
a, a gravity gun equivalent in it that you don't use that much, you know, when it works absolutely fine. And when you do use it, you get a lot more opportunities out of it. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah, the, yeah. the vehicles, yeah. Are, yeah it, a lot of what you earn from this game is what you take out of it. You got to explore it. Genuinely. I think the same thing that's kind of true for time splitters two is true for future perfect. And it's like exactly what it needs to be is you give this to a group of kids they could be playing it for years. Like, yes. they would not get bored and they would have more to do and they'd have, like, you could be sitting in your room on your own and it's like, I could still play Time Splitter 2 because there's challenges, there's single player. It's like, it is like we have got the whole PC gaming market but in a bundle on console. And <laughs> it's mm-hmm. everything you need it to be. And at this 100%. point, like, what's our nearest, like, the nearest equivalent to something like this is Fortnite. It's probably Fortnite. And, and like, we didn't even talk about this. Maybe you talked about it on Time Splitters 2 or, or 1, but, like, I don't think Fortnite would exist without Time Splitters. Like D- David Doak himself that. has said that. He he has done interviews where he said we we you know there's Epic weren't making games like uh, Time Splitters when they were working on Unreal, but that's not to say that you know we didn't like lower the we didn't make the opportunity that you can have a game which is made out of so much stuff. You know, it's great. It's genuinely a case of, ironically, for a time traveling series, they were before their time in a lot of yep. ways. They were not in the right place <laughs> or time to be appreciated for what they were. And that's why playing these games made me a bit more of a goddamn boomer, because I'm like, ah. And that's why I'm so depressed about the game that we will be talking about next episode, <laughs> because it is so. Th- this game and two and uh, Second Sight and one feel like games of such passion in regards to we want to do as much as we can on consoles and stuff and haze feels like fuck haze is generation kill for <laughs> you, can, you can just stop there haze just feels like fuck haze just feels like <laughs> haze just feels like we're done we'll just mm-hmm. make games now and- i think yeah. right, i should save this for the haze episode but i think right now <laughs> haze is generation kill me please <laughs> <laughs> Saving that. <laughs> Hayes is Starship Troopers, but more, de- but it's a depressingly it's a Starship Troopers that you have to be part of. <laughs> Charlie, it's been lovely having you on the podcast, but uh, this has now become the longest episode of Bullet Simon. You are a pla- you are a man with places to be. So, me and Snake will uh, unfortunately means that you- you'll be missing out on the quiz, but it's fine. Me and Snake it's will- five free points for me in this thing that doesn't have a leaderboard. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> but before you go, I mean, we, I mean, it's been it's been a pleasure having you. You have to tell the people at home, you know, anything you want to promote, anything you want to point them towards. I guess. Uh, I guess. I mean, just check out. Purposes Rabbit Holes YouTube channel. I have put out two videos this year. <laughs> I haven't done shit, but uh, one of them's long and one of them's all right. So uh, yeah, if, if you got a chance, check out uh, the Dying Light video I made this year about Dying Light 2 or the session video that I put out in like two months Session ago. video is very good. And I'm not just saying that because I made the thumbnail for it. Yes, so. and it was a fucking wonderful thumbnail, dude. I, I, I just like asked you, I gave you this really abstract idea and then fucking 10 minutes later, boom. It's like, what? Boom. You totally got it. There you go. Good stuff. <laughs> He has a magic power, I fucking swear. He does. If only, if only I could apply that to podcasting. Actually, we'll, we'll see You're getting there, man. This is good. Yeah, we're getting there. Yeah, this is good. Well, Charlie, lovely chatting to you, and uh, we'll have you back uh, very soon, I imagine. Sounds good. Later, guys. See you, Bye. Bye. Thanks, man. Bye. Okay, it's time for me to suffer alone. Yes, yeah, so Snake, um, you'll... 
you know what? Because Charlie isn't here, I'm going to make you ask. I'm going to ask you double the amount then to uh, make what up. What sense for does it. that make? You're just making this a longer. All right, time for me to sound like a twat for twice as long. Let's make everyone angry as hell. So, I'm going to guess that number one is Future Perfect. I'm going to guess it debuted strong. This game qualified for the charts on the 26th of March 2005. Time is Future Perfect debuted at number four. Huh. Never mind. I'm wrong. Um, I will say this much as well, which we didn't really dip into too much on the episode. And again, the subtitle of this, uh, the, the the slogan for this podcast is the shooters that missed their mark. This is an incredible game, but EA did not, as we said, EA did not advertise it very well. And so people did Was not know- Was number one GoldenEye Rogue Agent? Uh, you'll be glad to know that GoldenEye Rogue Agent did not make the list. Granted, I don't know when it came out in 2005, but it's not on uh, the list. Yeah. Okay. Moment. Oh yeah, they weren't direct competitors, never mind. No, it was just that EA had like 15 FPS games coming out that year. This is the, um, oh no, um, oh, fucking God. Black comes out the year afterwards, doesn't it? It's never mind, but really early. Uh, it keeps going, it keeps going. Keeps going, folks. Um, but number one in the charts at one place is an EA game. It is an EA sports game, and it is an EA sports game of a short-lived side spin-off series of games that I actually think are quite neat. I think you quite like these games as well. Um, is it M- is it NBA Street? It's something Street. Is it FIFA Street? It is NFL Streets. Okay, yeah. There was that or NFL. Um, which FIFA, was it FIFA Street 1? Yeah, it's just, it's just FIFA Street 1. So Okay, yeah. I remember 3 was really dog shit, but I actually quite liked FIFA Street 1. It was yep. decently fun, and then gradually became a lot, lot worse um, as they, the controls got very, very slippery and the passion dived. Yeah, and it's a shame because it's like just tighter, you know, it's like NBA Jam, it's just smaller and wilder, which... It's, I, I generally find I'm not much of a sports guy, but the more you kind of strip down a sport, I actually tend to like it more. And street football and, like, street basketball is generally a lot more... It's like the same reason I talk, I talked to a friend once, like, I'd love to go to a baseball game, and they said, go to Amateur League. Yeah. Like, don't go to a Major League, go Little League, go, not Little League, but, you know, go to, like, a game that's actually got some, like, passion and, like, you know, sense of a day out about it. Yeah, I think, like, especially the big, sp- like, you know, EA Sports FC now, it's just so many details and numbers to it as well, which like, I, I quite liked um, uh, Behold the Kickmen, which was made as a joke, but it is, like, a really oh, fun... Yeah, and yeah I liked... I liked Behold the Kickman. That was funny. Yeah. yeah. Um, number two on the list, down from uh, down one place from last week, it is a Sony exclusive racing game. Ooh, Trixie. Sony exclusive racing game. Is this a sim or is this arcade? It's very much a sim. Okay, what was going on at the time? It is, the most, it is the most simmy of them, I would say. Is it, is it an F1? It is not an F1, no. Oh, God. Uh, oh, is it Gran Turismo? But which one? Gran Turismo 4. It is Gran Turismo 4. Some yes. would argue the last good Gran Turismo game. Yeah, I only played 3. Uh, really liked 3, though. Yeah, no, 3, uh, yeah, 3 Apex uh, pretty cool. Remember that? Yeah. 4's really... Uh, 4 has, like, um, you can run it in 1080i if you, like, um, set it up properly. Which is quite we neat. talked about... We talked about parents earlier. I actually have the story of me being the worst child now. <laughs> yeah, okay. I, I, I actually genuinely regret this, and I think my mother is, like, within earshot, as I say. Uh, I remember Gran Turismo's story, which was 
I remember making her grind money for me by <laughs> <laughs> running an early race because I wanted to buy a, like a Lotus. <laughs> Mom, can you oh, unlock this Lotus Elite for me? I'm going to school. Bye. <laughs> such a shit child thing to do. I feel really <laughs> bad about that. <laughs> That's really funny. Like, I like that. I'm just running the same race over and over again. God. Oh no. Oh, I feel bad. <laughs> the shittiest thing I've ever done games-wise for my parents was that I didn't force it, but I like I didn't even even emotionally manipulate it, but I was very upset that I got my mum to buy me Rollercoaster Tycoon 2 because I had I had borrowed a friend's version, installed it on my PC. And then with my own pocket money, bought one of the expansions thinking, oh, well, I don't need the original disc anymore. I'll just run it off the expansion disc the way that the Sims games used to work. Oh, yeah. Not this one. You had to have the original disc, Andy. Oh, Christ. And I was oh, the- so upset. I told my mom and she was like, well, how much is it? And I was like, oh, I don't know. Uh, oh. And I think it was, I don't know. I, I want to I wanna hope, I wanna hope it was a 20 quid because it wasn't a new yeah. game at that point. I, there's not nowhere near as bad, but like I had a friend, like we only met on holidays, like in the countryside, and like oh we should play more games together. And I was like, oh I really like Team Fortress too. I really like Half Life. And I was like, and I saw it in a second hand shop, and I was like, I'll get you this copy of thing, and we'll play online together. And I got in like holiday ends. He gets back. He tries to install it on his PC. This was the early days of Steam, and I didn't put together code oh. was already used. Why the fuck is that in a second hand shop? Oh for fuck's sake! Yeah. Like this was, it was discs, but you had the code on the back yeah. and like you plugged it in. It's like, oh no, can't, can't use this copy. <sighs> so fucking bad. You know, that I've just realized that, you know, game and game station, you couldn't be, able, you couldn't trade in PC games. I just realized that's probably fucking yeah, why. There was, there was that early rash of like this mid 2000s thing where I remember it particularly with Mass Effect. They wouldn't let you sell certain games in because they had like, specialized codes which they wanted to crack down on the second hand market which was you can only buy this once you get a code for these bonuses because the uh gaming industries have always hated the second hand market oh yeah any any opportunity they can use to make a sale which hey encourage that rather than just disincentivizing people from doing it number three in the charts is a non-mover it is an fps game from gearbox brothers in arms but which one? Rota Hill 40. It is... Uh, yeah, I'll give you that. Brothers in Arms, Rota Hill 30. Ah. Uh, how did I fucking... Because it's, a, cause it's like Gearbox yeah. FPS game that came out in, before Borderlands. Yeah, Watch. true. I just I just somehow remember... I remember because I was... I, I mean, part of why I hate fucking Borderlands so much is that began as a... As a um, brothers in arms game, brothers in arms game, yeah, and then people hated the reveal trailer, and then it kind of mutated. Yeah, and because um, it was like sci-fi, and it had like a realistic art style, and people were like this yeah, one's boring as shit. Line, and went, the oh, in- oh, oh, so shooting button on then, <laughs> and it's like oh, great, thanks, Borderlands, to an unreasonable degree. But, uh, yeah. yeah, we sure do hate it. Um, it's actually kind of funny that Charlie is gone because I got a really good one coming up. Number four oh, is obviously Time Slit is Huge Perfect. Number five is new this week. A game so cringeworthy that I struggled to make a thumbnail for it for a particular Devil YouTuber. May Cry Free. Uh, what is the subtitle? Dante's Awakening? Yeah, Devil May Cry Free. Dante's Awakening. I 
How the fuck did I remember its subtitle? I've never thought of its subtitle before. It's because you're brain... such a big fan of Devil May Cry 3. My brain is a mess of half-remembered things that I surprise myself with. But yeah, Devil... no. Devil May Cry 3, Dante's Awakening. Uh, I, I really do like the Devil May Cry games. James does very much does not. He finds Dante cringe. I think that's very cringe of him, but, you know... I, th I personally show. think that it's very funny and it makes me a more interesting... <laughs> I, I do... I am curious. I don't know what level of ironic cringe you're on with Dante. It seems to fluctuate. Uh, my opinion is is that the Devil May Cry games, I've played one or two of them. Not my bag, yeah. just because I'm not really into them that much. I think um, it's I think it's the same thing I'm having with Avatar right now, where I, I'm not a fan of Avatar, but because it's in the thing again, I am playing up my distaste for it. Oh, Meanwhile, yeah. I, you're, so, in amongst you're in amongst video essayists, so you're hearing about Devil May Cry, you're not a fan, and now you have to play up your distaste. Do you know what's funny is that the only reason that I'm playing up the opposite side of the Avatar stuff is because I've seen so many people play up that side of it, so I'm just like on triple levels of irony now. That being said, I too quite like James Cameron as a director, <laughs> so there we go. I'm, I mean, I'm in this weird position now where one of the discords we're in, it's like, oh, you know, the white saviour stuff and everything. And I stopped myself earlier today from typing, all these people going on at white saviour stuff are missing the obvious problem. It's just very boring. Oh. And I was like, I shouldn't say that. There's no good art. There's no good result. Don't get involved. And now I've what? said it on a podcast instead. I know, a podcast that will be out long after Avatar The Way of Water comes out and makes $4 billion at the box office. So. I mean, yeah, but doesn't count when it's from idiots <laughs> god damn it I, I started that sense and didn't know where it would end Just by the way if you're somebody who enjoyed uh the way of water and is listening to this podcast uh feel free to leave us a five-star review and tell snake for calling you an idiot I know it's I will. More than five stars. It's what we deserve and Avatar doesn't. This movie, I probably won't watch. You know what? I am not going to disagree with you with that. If this podcast could also make $4 billion, I, uh, yeah, I'm not, I'm not going to say, oh, Avatar deserved it more. So. Uh, number six. I only, I only <laughs> take money from very smart people. So if you give me money. Well, the problem is if I get money from very smart people, they'll start telling me how to improve my podcast. I'm not going to do that, so... This Number is a six horrible the segment. <laughs> what are we doing? Number six on the charts this week, up from ten, is a sports game. A ball sport. A ball sport? A sport with a ball in it. Is it... Hmm. Okay, which limb do you use to manipulate the ball? Actually, that would make it way too easy. Um, well, yeah, that would make it a bit too easy. Um, it's not a ball shape, but it is a ball sport. Oh, is it? Oh, is it NFL? <laughs> It's not NFL, but it's the game that... Is it NFL rugby? It is rugby 2005. I think my favourite rugby game, and I see it in CX all the time, there's no year, there's just a game called rugby. I mean, <laughs> not, not it's Not rugby timeless. 2005, just... Timeless game. This is rugby, baby. And it's cool, you can just put that disc into any console and it'll just work, because it's just rugby. Like, oh, Easy. you want some rugby? Here you go. Yeah, there you go, that's some rugby there. Oh, I have an Nintendo DS, so don't worry, just fold it and put it in. There you go, rugby. <laughs> Got it. Oh, rugby on the DS. Nice. Uh, number seven, down from uh, number four last week, is a sports simulation game. Sports simulation? Simulation is a sports game. This came out in the beginning of 2005, so it's not... 
Mm, sports simulation, I'm trying to think. It's not a ball sport then, it's like a racer, I'm guessing. No, it is or... um it is a simulation game to do with ball sports. Is it top spin? It's not top spin, no. When I say simulation, I mean more in the style of like a Sid Meier style game. Hmm. Lot of numbers. Oh, is it an MLB? It is not an MLB, no. Is it a football manager? It is a football manager, and I guess I'll give it to you because this is when it was known as Championship Manager 5. Ah. Published by Eidos. Hmm. Oh, belly. Is this separate from the Sega football manager? So they were all they are all made by the same developer, but when Eidos went belly up and Sega brought them on, they had to change the name to Football Manager. You know, it seems like that would have been the easier route to begin with, but what are you gonna do? <laughs> I think it's because it was originally called Football Manager on the Amiga, and then whatever studio owned that, when they got bought by IDOS, they had to call the Championship Manager. Then that company was long gone by that point, so it just became Football Manager again. Oh, it finally returned to the roots. Basically, yeah. I think it was also called, like, I don't know, like, fucking Bobby Arsehole's, like, Football Manager, because it was like, it, it was like John Madden's football. It was, like, associated with a guy, like, to sell copies. Oh, yeah. It's funny you say Bobby Arsehole, though, and I can't remember the name of it, so crap anecdote, but there is really, there is a funny, like, Amiga British computer football. Oh, Dino Dini's uh, football, or whatever it's called. I'm, I mean, I'm talking about the one where, like, you're encouraged to be scummy and fix matches and play dirty. Oh, and what's that called? I can't remember. It's a Kim Justice video. So okay. if you look through her, her litany of, like, football manager videos, you'll find it, and it's like... Man, there should be more sports games, like sports manager games, where you're encouraged to like be really grim. When it, because, because I feel like the dark and gritty trend has to come back, like with Shadow the Hedgehog, um, Warrior Within, Prince of Persia, Jack Two. I feel like having an evil version of a character has to come back. So, what if EA does evil FIFA? Oh, that'd be good. I mean, <laughs> this is the worst way to put it, but I think like it's more the era of grit, and they thought that doing sports streets games was like, oh yeah, that's that's like urban, that's grit. And, and we've like, talked about this before off mic about like the like the era of the gangster game. Like after yeah. San Andreas, you had like Twenty Five to Life, you had like the first Saints Row, you had God, like just all sorts of stuff that leaned in like both on. The San Andreas, like hip hop and like yeah, gangster kind of craze. Which yeah, I think I think the street games were very much like tapping into that. Yeah, but it's funny that there's not many manager games. Like that was a small subgenre in the early '90s, like late '80s, early '90s. And it's funny because manager games were so ubiquitous. There were parody manager games where there's like a British builder game where you are playing like a dodgy landowner and you've mm -hmm. got to like you've got to play mafia with your opponents and be really shitheaded to get ahead. And that subgenre has died, and now the only simulation manager games come out are very, very clean and very boring, and no one's parodying it, because it just kind of exists. And I think nowadays it could be done very, very fun. Um, I think actually the Yogscast... No, oh, someone, really? They, some they of a big game group, they made a game called like Builder's Super or whatever that is kind of a modern iteration of that. But that's the one, and it's made by the fucking Yogscast. God, I it's really funny, because like I had written a Wordle video like earlier in the year, which might not happen because because the popularity of Wordle just sort of petered out. But it was about, like, uh, Wordle clones, and they had an enormous sidebar on it of, like... Back in the 90s, you had, like, this glut of, quote, parody games. Like, you had Pissed, like, like a parody of Mist and stuff like that. And it was because, mm. like, 
the cost of development was still low enough that you could do like what were essentially just fucking hit and run jokes, but like stretch them into entire games. Meanwhile, the cost of games development now is so fucking massive that like no one's going to bankroll comedy GTA. Yeah, uh, the last the last example I can think of is when Bulletstorm came out. They made a Call of Duty. Oh, Duty Calls. Yeah, demo. yeah, Duty Calls. That's the last like big game parody I can remember. But exactly that is like in the early nineties, you could you could shoot those things out. The, it was still within the realm of possibility. But there's no budget Call of Duty rip. Meanwhile, Wordle got a ton of them because Wordle is quite easy to replicate. And yeah, because I remember the, there was there was like curse word Wordle. There was just yeah, like there was Swordle and like yeah, curse Wordle was another one. And um, yeah, yeah. Speaking of Wordle clones, down from number six this week at number eight, uh, Hideo Kojima's best ever video game. But which one is it? Well, it's Metal Gear Solid Three. Uh, Snake Eater. Yes. Yes. Uh, I mean, the original iteration of Snakey, and no one talks about because it, it had the shitty camera controls. It took till subsistence to add the third person camera. Um, it's funny how me and my mates hated Snakey when it first came up to the camera, and then years later played it again on subsistence. Like, oh, this is the fucking best. And at that, and at this point, I don't. I think when people say Metal Gear Solid Three, you don't think of the original. You just think no, you of don't. subsistence. Or Metal Gear Solid 3 HD, which was built on the subsistence. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah it's just a HD. Re- yeah, it's a HD upgrade of subsistence. So. And you got Metal Gear 1 and 2 on there, the MSX originals, not the horrible, like, um, US only Nintendo Entertainment oh, System. Oh, Snake's Revenge, yeah. Yeah, which um, had a book written about it, which I believe Kevin. Yeah, they have done covered. the Worlds of Power uh, uh, things of. Um, yeah. So there we go. That's podcast cross contamination. I can't and believe you. I can't believe that you're the, the second co-host on this, but you promoted Pixel. That's really. Um, hey, you gotta be. You gotta be fair. You gotta big up your brothers. I'm gonna. I'm gonna make sure that Kevin promotes the, the Snaker show. <laughs> uh, he doesn't. He doesn't have to do that. I'm. I'm massive. I'm huge. Everyone's heard of me. That's very true. Yeah. Speaking of games that were massive and huge, number nine down from eight this week, a Nintendo DS launch title. Uh, Super Mario 64. Yeah, it is. Super Mario 64 DS. A game yeah. that was gigantic and huge for the N64. And I think pretty big for the D- The DS was a like a pretty big success, like pretty yeah, much from I, launch. I, so. How do you feel about Super Mario 64 DS? Um, I didn't like it for the longest time until I played an emulated version which had like emulated analog like controls uh, in it and yeah like, do it. it's just a better version of super mario 64 like what can you say more than that yeah pretty much um yeah it's good i like the extra content again i just don't particularly like playing it on a it's weird it's like a really cool tech demo that yeah we can run this game on the ds but just the control scheme is not properly right for even like using the touch screen to emulate like a control stick it just doesn't feel right so mm. And then finally, at number 10, down from 7 from last week, it is an expansion pack to an EA-published title. Oh, is it, a, is it a Sims expansion? It is a Sims expansion, but which Sims game and which uh, The Sims 2. It is the Sims point. 2, but which expansion is it? Um, I don't remember any of the titles. I remember Unleashed because we bloody talked about that one. We, yeah, yeah, we did. Well, yeah, well, that was yeah. on there. Uh, yeah, that was on there. Uh, fucking... <laughs> I was advertised for it or it was the awful one second yeah, sight. Uh, the Sims I'm 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 st- all right, let's let's just throw out words and we'll zero in. Uh wait, hang on. 
Uh, Sims have a date. It is not the it is not the Sims have a date or like heart day. Um, I'll give you a clue. It is a establishment. Something uh, that the biz- Sims business make money. It's not the Sims, Sims business to make money. It's somewhere that your Sims business. can. What's that? Sims open for business? It's not Sims open for business. No, it is somewhere that your Sims can go. It's somewhere they could help your Sims start a business. Sims University. It is the Sims Two University. Yeah, I think that was the first one, but I could be wrong. I probably am. Yeah, God, I probably am. It is funny. It is just such a snapshot of time in regards to like the top ten and EA have three. Uh, Rugby Two Thousand Five might even be in the EA game, so there's like three or four EA games in yeah, the top 10. Yeah, this is when they were just mortaring games out, just fucking boom, boom, boom everywhere across the fucking field. The, the unstoppable. An unstoppable publisher. Unfortunately, it went to their head and they thought the time splitters was just a was just a surefire thing and let's put the money into Rogue Agent, which uh, I, uh, it's not even like a, like a nice end. Like, Rogue Agent also didn't sell very well. <laughs> so that's yeah. what I... I think there was this long period of just like, I don't know what it was because, I mean, I was around but I was a kid and I'm not a big Bond guy, but I wonder if there was just this, there was this arrogance in the fact that it's Bond, it will do well, that was just lingering from, this was the series that had GoldenEye, it will always be evergreen, and slowly realising that you make enough bad games and no one will care. No, and it's bizarre because it's like GoldenEye is a film tie-in, so it's just kind of like, well, shouldn't they just be tied into the films like that's what the, well yeah or just the brand has enough like name recognition for that but the fact that they thought oh we need to call this golden eye it's like because it doesn't it's not like in conversation with golden eye it's not like a subversion on it it's just a game mm. called golden eye with yeah. nothing to do with it it's, it's an odd it's such an odd thing and then that was about the point they started floundering and then it just survived for several more years and never quite took off again and now we haven't seen a Bond game in ages, and, well, and now it's the Hitman devs. Habit. Yeah, I have been working on that for God knows how many years at this point, but it'll be exciting. I mean, there's been a lot of cool articles about like how fucking Hitman 3 is just full of really nice-looking villains' lairs, like real yeah. 1960s Bonds, and it's like, okay, yeah, no, these are the right developers for it. Let's see what they do. No, it's like, if you play ever played a Hitman game, it's like, this is the perfect hands for like a like they've got to jazz it up a bit, make you a bit more suave, and maybe dial in on the social mechanics, and yeah. bang, you have a good ass Bond game. And it's funny because all the Bond games I remember playing are just like FPS in Bonds. Like they don't feel like Bond in the way that like you watch the old sixties films, and most of them are just him drinking and talking to people in rooms, and then the end of the film yeah. might be him escaping from a lair. But like the fucking the Hitman devs know how to do that stuff really well so it's the thing about video games with capturing certain properties and yeah bond is a particular one of them is that games excel at the climaxes of bond films but nothing else like you have your cool action bits and mm, you can maybe do a call of duty style bond they kind of did but if you made a flesh out a story for it and you hit the set pieces but all the in between would be like how would you do that no, exactly. And it's funny because the Call of Duty games sort of became the Bond replace. I mean, I always think of what Modern is it that Yahtzee yeah. said about Modern Warfare 2? It's just Bond goes to war because there's no soldier on the face of this earth that does all the stuff yeah, that the fucking... Like you, you play the jet ski sequence at the beginning of Modern Warfare 2, it's like, this is a Bond bit. 
This is something Bond would get away with, is like jet skiing down a mountain, dodging explosions. You're climbing up a snowy mountain to infiltrate a base. Like, a single soldier doesn't do that in the real world, you know? Yeah, so. I think that's just the way of putting it, is Call of Duty is just homoerotic Bond. More homoerotic bonds. <laughs> More homoerotic. Even <laughs> that's what it <laughs> that's what it says in the book. Call of Duty Two. Even more homoerotic <laughs> bonds. <laughs> it's just gruff men. There's not a woman in sight unless you're gunning her down, and it's part of a war crime. It's fine though. They've added they've added girl bosses to the new Call of Duty games. That's good. That's yeah, that's alright. So they solved it then. When are we doing the Call of Duty games on the podcast? I can't, they're too good. They sell too many copies. I mean, they they hit their mark of selling a lot of copies. Yeah, unfortunately. And it's like and have an, an indelibly massive influence on FPS games. So Oh dear. Uh, Snake, thank you for joining. Thanks for thanks for staying on the call <laughs> for another like 20 minutes, half an hour to do I mean, I think I just we just hit I just wanted to talk about it as I had stuff to say and Yeah, sure. Once you've passed the boundary of this is the longest episode, now it's like, I've got to make sure it gets longer. Oh, don't worry. The Haze episode, like, you know, because we did one hour, then two hours, then three. Oh, yeah, don't worry. The Haze episode will be four hours long. It'll be great. Nevin will lose his mind. Even if he defends Haze, he'll end hating it because of us. Nevin will leave the call and then come back for the second part of the call, like, towards the last hour. It'll be good. <laughs> Uh, um, I guess before we wrap up then, is there, uh, uh, thank you once again for joining us for this uh, series. Uh, is there anything you'd like to promote? Anything you'd like to shout out while you're here? Uh, I've already shouted Pixel Lit. It's always this tricky thing. I, I think I'm good at the moment. Uh, watch the Saints Row video if it's out by the time this episode comes out. That really dates the episode. I imagine it probably will be at this point. Yeah. I imagine you're probably onto video... I was about to say video two, like this is your first video. You'll be on to whatever I was after the Saints Row video at this point. Uh, oh, uh, okay. I'm going to shout out a game. Play Spark the Electric Jester for the love of God. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Any of them are good. Yeah. Free is a banger. Uh, even though this episode is coming out in 2023, best platformer of 2022. Yeah. Better, yeah. It's a better Sonic the Hedgehog game than the one that came out in 22. And they had two yeah, Sonic the Hedgehog games in that year. It's a. It's better than Frontiers, man. It's better than like they any 3D Sonic game has been in like a decade or two. So, yeah, yeah I quite like it. I quite like it. That's my plug. Good. Uh, I'm James. That's for usual. You can follow me on Twitter at Hotsider, H-O-T-C-Y-D-E-R. Uh, you can help support the podcast over at Patreon at Hotsider as well. Uh, guess to be decided for the next episode. Still kind of up in the air at the moment, but um, we... As we've kind of alluded to, we, we've we've covered all the best games, all the best, <laughs> all the best free radical games at this unless, point. Unless, as Charlie hopes and seems very assured about, free radical comes back and we find that future perfect. The future oh. is very much imperfect right now. Yeah, the future is kind of up in the air. Like this could this could just be the rise, fall, and rise again arc. But we're kind of. It's funny because I was going to say right at the beginning, like sort of in the episode that like future perfect is where like if two is the peak then three is like where it starts to go downhill but not really like i think it's just i think it's a different peak it's in the yeah, same exactly it's, it's we're still in the mountain range the it's, horizontal is, yeah which one is higher really depends on where you're standing yeah and i think also just kind of what you prefer maybe. yeah 
Hayes, though, oh god, Hayes, we are not in the mountain range anymore. We no, are in Hay- a canyon. Uh, not to spoil the episode, Hayes is not good, folks. Uh, Hay- Hayes will be an interesting episode to dig into, just in regards to, uh, as Matt McMuscle says, what happened? What the what the fuck happened with Hayes? Because oh boy. Um, so I hope you join us for us then. Until next time, though, folks. Time to split. <laughs> I mean, that's better than the usual sign-off. So <laughs> I don't know. I, people love people love keep blasting. You can't, you can't stop telling me how much they like keep, keep spl- splitting. Keep <laughs> splitting, folks. Oh, the Bullet Time Podcast is made possible by. Eric Hamilton Schneider, Valerie B, VG, and the Hot Cider Support Tier. If you'd like to help with the production of episodes and gain access to extra content, consider supporting over at patreon.com forward slash hot cider. That's H O T C Y D E R. A special thanks to Max Coburn for the Bullet Time theme tune.